Hello and welcome to Legion Outpost. I'm Dave and I'm here with Adam the Computer. Adam, how are you? I am doing splendidly. Uh, how are Fantastic. you doing, Dave? How are things in Australia? Things in Australia are fine. There's like slight COVID outbreaks in our region. Um, so that's kind of putting a bit of a crimper in uh, Christmas plans for a lot of people. But by any international standard, we've had it very easy, I think, because we're on the island, basically. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, this is just a bump in the road. Now, Adam, you are going to be earning your creds today, my friend. Uh, we're doing Legion five years later, the first seven issues. Uh, the Keith Githen, um, uh, like, is it reboot, I guess? Five years later, reboot, whatever you call it. But, um, wow, Adam, what can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Other than two words, I'm confused. Um, yeah. Very confused, actually. And at first, the confusion was about the names because I really didn't like. And I think this could have been a lot simpler if he just kept the names of the, the titles of the characters. It would have made a confusing story a bit less confusing. Um, that's, that's totally fair. Um, yeah, and I ended up sending you a cheat sheet, which yes, you helped. Yes, and thank you for that, but, uh, yes. Not a problem, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with that. Uh, I had a lot of issues with it at first, too, um, but I kind of powered through. And I actually listened to it. I read it as I listened to a, a podcast that was really diving deep in each issue, oh. and that really helped me kind of get it. Was it us? Was it a future version of us, or what was it? <laughs> you know, it might have been, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a lot of work to put into a read, which I can understand too people much work, not man. really wanting to do. Dude, frankly... Too much work. You know, if I have to be listening to podcasts and apparently reading a guidebook to read a comic, I'm like, no thanks. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily agree that you need the guidebook. I, I think you might have seen that. I, I didn't. I didn't comments. read the. I certainly didn't read the fucking guidebook. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Fuck the guidebook. It's definitely helpful. There's a lot of details in there, but um, yeah. I don't think that's quite necessary. But we'll dig into that. We'll dig into it, and 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 I do want to say, welcome legionnaires, by the way, who've been turning up in droves to Legion Outpost, and thank you very much, Legionnaires, for doing so. And don't get the impression that I'm just going to slam on this for the whole show because I did definitely find some interesting bits in it, and it was an ambitious work, and I do like ambition uh, in fiction uh, and in general. But, you know, in fiction, um, I do like that. It's just this wasn't for me, but that's not to say I think we'll have a very interesting discussion. We've also – we're doing the latest Bendis – and, Adam, I believe we've got some comments from a listener, Alan. Um, Alan who, Williams. Alan Williams, who is a superstar on the Facebook page. And thank you to all those Legionnaires who've turned up in the Legion Outpost Facebook page. I hope you're enjoying uh, the stuff that, especially Adam, the computer, has really stepped up to the mark and is putting some great stuff in. Um, I tend to focus more on Dream Girl and uh, Dawnstar uh, in my comments. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and frankly, it wasn't enough of either in five years later. They needed a lot more. Um, uh, who'd you say, Dream Girl and who? Dawnstar. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was Dawnstar sure. even in it? Uh, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay, all right, we'll get to that. But, um, I, I will say, um, I'd like to invite any of the listeners, you know, feel hmm. free to leave comments on the, uh, 100%. episodes on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you, uh, or take requests on. Oh yeah, for sure. Like to hear about. For, no, definitely uh, both of those points. Um, 
it's much appreciated uh, as well. And I do also want to, while we're here, plug the main show, Signal of Doom. If any Legionnaires haven't checked out Normal Signal, which is the you know the I guess the flagship show, some might say the Signal of Doom Network. Um, mm-hmm. check that out. We just had a massive Christmas episode uh, last week, and we've we've banked 196 shows now. Adam, how about that? Yeah, yeah um, bad. These guys are killing it. You know, consistent. consistent. I don't think they missed a week. Yeah. No, we haven't. We I think we missed one week in our history. Um, and I'm giving us a week off for Christmas, but I'm not giving you a week off, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, no, so check that out. Now, okay, so firstly, we'll... oh hey, actually, I would say you know check out that Christmas episode because yes. you get a sampling of all the uh, of Dave's rotation of hosts. So yes, really I like to, to jump on. We 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 generally have two hosts that I rotate: uh, Tash, um, a friend of mine, and Richard, uh, an old friend of mine. And then we had Tash, Richard, we had Dion, who I do Cinema of Doom with, and uh, basically. One of my oldest mates, and uh, we also had Ray stepped up to the plate as well, who comes on and does a lot of podcasts. And but he's get he's guested on Signal quite a few times, and um, so it was yeah, that was I think one of our most fun shows that we've done I, in terms of just sheer fun. I thought that was 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 one of the most fun shows we had. It was it was fun juggling so many people at him, you know. Mm, yeah, it was fun to hear. Oh, that's good. Now, okay, so first off, let's cover Bendis. Um, and I will say this, probably my favourite issue that Bendis has done, he saved it till fucking 11 issues in, um, <laughs> and I didn't love it, but I thought it was, um, and it's still got that annoying Bendis speak, which I can't believe an editor doesn't control, you know? Yeah, there's a line in here later, if I remember to mm. pick it out, was one that was particularly annoying to me. Yeah, well, yeah, no, he... It's just, isn't it amazing that, like, it's like he doesn't have an editor, um, you know, who just picks up some of the dialogue and goes, rework this. Like, don't make everyone sound like Peter Parker in your version of, like, 2001 Spider-Man, you know? Well, like, if I have to stop and read it again and read it again and then read it with a different inflection in order to understand what he's trying to say or what the joke is... yeah. It doesn't work in a comic book to me, you know? Uh, and can I also say, I mean, I know he goes for a lot of jokes. Not a funny writer, really. Uh, his jokes are sort of almost not jokes. They're just kind of smart-ass talking. Um, do you know yeah. what I mean? He doesn't actually set up, like, really good jokes. It's Yeah, just, I would agree with that. I don't yeah, think I've ever really, like, laughed out loud. Yeah, like, it's thing. not... For someone who obviously thinks he's funny with the banter, not really very funny. Um. Yeah, I just yeah. That's another reason why sometimes I think, yeah. unintentionally funny. Yeah, definitely. Um. Now <laughs> you think about the when Hawkeye died and um, what was it? Avengers disassembled. Not like this. Not like this. Like this. <laughs> it's like so freaking lame. Yeah, it was pretty poor. Um, and I'm sure Ben just considers that like a high watermark of his writing as well. You know, like <laughs> he's so he's so fucking full of his own hype. You know, I wonder if his ego's taken a bit of a hit with his sort of. I would only describe it as middling Superman effort, you know. And today, by the way, uh, all wrapped up. Unless there's anything, unless there's like a coda, but yeah, his last action comics came out today. Well, I think I might try the new Superman writer and artist. Um, They they can't. I want to hold on because I think Philip Kennedy Johnson's coming on, but. I get the feeling that 
it's just like a short term thing. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean that I, I know the name. He's the guy who did the last god, isn't he? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I didn't mind. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know Philip Kennedy Johnson. I don't know. It just it just takes someone who can just. I, I think they need to go back to formula a little bit. Um, yeah, what what a sort of how can I say it? Like what a missed opportunity for Bendis on Superman. Like there was no reason that he should have only been around for like thirty odd issues on the main title. You know, like, I just think, you know. I don't think, it, like I've said before, I don't think his run was that bad. It's just that it was constantly like, okay, the first five issues, mm. and then we're going to build on the first five, and here's five more, yeah. and then here's five more. Kind of like this book where it's just like, it keeps building, yes. but no it payoff. never climaxes. You know? Yeah, indeed. Yeah, it's all tease. Like, yeah, no, that's true. I, but I, I think that's a criticism of Bendis over the last 10 years. I think he just For sort sure. of... He revels in sea plots that go nowhere particularly interesting and you just sometimes wonder, what am I reading? Like, you know, is is he just trying to do a fly on the wall kind of approach? You, mm-hmm. you know, it's you know what I mean? There's not like a lot of narrative tension or anything. Like it's almost like he's forgotten basic rules of writing. Um I was yeah. trying to think just now the best thing I've read from him in the last, you know, five ten years it's probably that batman odyssey just for the sake that it was kind of like yeah lended itself more to that format because they were just you know 10 12 page stories that you know added up yeah i mean i i reviewed for batman universe I oh is it what's that? it called was it called batman universe wasn't it i think it was with nick Darrington on, on art yeah i think i said batman odyssey which is the neil adams thing yeah, that's the wild Neil Adams um fucking acid trip. Um, yes, that was all right. It wasn't it wasn't amazing, but it was definitely a lot better than nearly everything that he's done that I've read in so the last ten years. And I've read a fair amount, you know, I've read enough to have an opinion, kind of thing. Um, but anyway, turning to this, this is a better yeah. issue than normal from Bendis on Legion. I would give it probably a six point five. Starts with Monel, who I always do find interesting. Um, hey, I will say I like the cover because it has Pharaoh Lad, but that's that's all I wanted to say. All right, I'm looking at the cover where oh yeah, there he is. He's so he's real on, tiny, but yeah. On the cover, we've got Superboy. Um, who is that up top left above Pharaoh um, Lad? Is that Sunboy? Uh, that would be Ultra Boy. Ultra then Boy. Pharaoh Lad. Dawnstar. Um, okay. in the gold, who's that? Dream Girl. Dream. That is Dream Girl. Cool. And Bouncing Boy. Uh, then you've got Cosmic Boy in the lap of is it Shadowlass? Yeah, in a scene that doesn't happen in this. Right, comic. but that but that is Shadowlass that's holding yeah. him. Yeah, okay, cool. No, uh-huh. Nice cover. She's, they're like yeah. looking out at the, you get the feeling that they're looking out the window at a scene that would be a more typical cover with the Legionnaires like flying towards the yes the, the reader. But yeah, no, it's a it's a decent cover actually. I think. Okay. Then we've got, and, and it's Ryan Sook on Art Judy's, uh, isn't yep. it? Yeah, okay, cool. Uh-huh. Who, who I do like, actually. Um, then we've got uh, this, I mean, fucking hell, Bendis. Like, the amount of word balloons on this first page. And and I've heard so many creators recently. I was listening to Larry Hammer talk and just saying how many word balloons there are on on some modern comics and how he just doesn't even make it through it. Larry Hammer was saying... He actually likes to write his comics so that you could follow it without word balloons. 
You know? Yeah, I mean, he's got that famous what GI Joe issue, didn't he write that? Solo one, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but uh, just I will in say general, in Bendis's you know? defense, these first pages are supposed to be. I know his way of doing the Marvel recap page. But, I know, yeah, I they're, know, they're but not like, something that I really care they're, about. They're not fantastic though, and it's just too many words. Well, um, is it like it's like? Am I missing out on a page of story so that you can put this in there? Because if so, then I'd rather have a story page than yeah. And I, and he's not exactly efficient with his with his dialogue. Like even even in this, I don't know. Like who is he? He he's like my name is Monel. I am from the planet Krypton. Is he? I thought he was from fucking Daxum. That's something that he's doing with this version of Monel. Where hate it. Uh, hate we it. don't really know the full story yet. Yeah, yeah hate it. Um, well, that's what we talked know. about. Maybe it's like, um, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, why the fuck change? There's my first response. Why the fuck change? You know, like... I guess just because yeah. he wanted to make um, Monel a descendant of yeah. John Kent. Hate he that as well. Great, 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 great grandson. I didn't yeah. know that. Was, was this known before this recap page? Yeah, they've said it oh, okay. uh, well, in the past few issues. Okay, fair enough. I've just forgotten it. Okay, so he's the great, great, you know, blah, 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 grandson of Superman and Lois Lane. So he's the he's a grandson of John Kent, uh, who is living here in the 31st century and actually younger than me because time travel. It's weird. It's really weird. It's Thangarian dance music weird. And that's where I, I rolled my eyes. Like, honestly, how much Legion, we've done a fair bit of Legion on Legion Outpost, and time travel is pretty common, you know? Um, they're always yeah. floating around in those time bubbles. Like, it's not uncommon. The whole premise of Legion is they're the far future of the DC universe. And I just thought, is it really that weird? Do you know what I mean? Like, I get that this is a reboot, but, like, for Legion readers like ourselves, I don't think it's that fucking weird, really, that Superboy has come from the past into the Legion, you know, present. Um... Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean by Bendis. And then he has to put that line about Thangarian dance music weird because he just has to, you know, be hip to the kids, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't Not disagree with you. Um, Not a fan. He almost uh, lost me there. Yeah. He almost lost me there. Um, anyway, and then he goes on about... Um, I, 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 I was struggling to understand what Monel's problem was. Like... That just because John Kent turned up, he's got such a big fucking issue. Well, he says that he wanted to, them to call him Superman because he's, you know, basically the descendant, but they didn't feel like he was worthy. And it's like all this drama that we don't even know about mm. except for what Mar- Monel said. So it just, yeah, I don't know. I was just annoyed by that whole page, I guess. Honestly. Yes, I, did, I was. And actually, it really was a sour start to the book for me. And I, I, I rolled my eyes and thought, here we go again, Bendis, you know. Then the mm-hmm. next page, he he started to redeem himself, and my God, look at the. There's a lot less word balloons on the page. He lets the art speak. Um, there was got, this weird thing about Colossal Boy says, "My people are born adult," and then Chameleon Boy says, "How does that even yeah. work?" Kim? And he says, "It's not great, Cam. It's not great," which yeah. I thought was kind of like uh, interesting. Interesting change to the Colossal Boy people, but it's like, is this another instance where Bendis is just making a joke and it's not actually something he's intends to be oh, continuity? That would you know? be very annoying. I hate that, where they're like, <laughs> oh, I was just joking. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay, pretty 
fucking stupid. And he's shit. done that a few times in this run where they'll say something and then later on it'll kind of contradict it, you know, whether yeah. it's like their code names or whatever. But anyway, it's called poor storytelling. Um, yeah. And anyway, but I did like this page. Um, Monel's apparently got a stack of kids, and who is who is is it Princess Projector with the blue hair and. Who That's uh, Phantom Girl. Phantom Girl. Sorry. Okay. I knew I was mm-hmm. close. So she's saying this is a lot to process. Everyone warned me not to get involved with him. I honestly, I enjoyed this page, and I started to, I, you know, it, it broke it up. It was nice and big. Um, I don't mind people talking, but they're just talking a lot less quantity. It's not just info dumps. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got the awesome next page where these things are attacking. Um, yeah. And Looks like a dragon is kind of leading the charge. Yeah, yeah, really nice artwork and like chameleon boy. Like when I look at this, I think this is this this is like proper old school Fantastic Legion. You know, mm-hmm. um, yep. yeah. I, I really, I really kind of, I, I think that this is really good. The artwork as well really sold it for me. Um, yeah, excellent. And then we get to the planet Xanthu, and I and I'm I'm. Having just read all that five years later stuff, I kept reading Xanthu in that as well. Um, oh yeah, Xanthu is where um, Starboy is from. Right. Okay. The planetary Xanthu, home of well nothing. <laughs> but, yeah. the, but the trail to the nightmare mystic Mordu brings us here, and we've got Doctor Fate, uh, Saturn Girl, and who is the other person with them? Superboy. Oh, Superboy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And they find, like, a Superman cape. Yes. And then Doctor Strange seems to get, like, I don't know if he's vaporized. Dr. Fate, yeah. Dr. Fate? Right. Yeah. You said Dr. Strange. I was like, Dr. Strange. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> Dr. Strange um, turned up yeah, and this to be fun. I'm curious if he's dead now or what. I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's going to. If he is, I'm just like, well, why do we even, why is he even in the book? But whatever. Well, surely he'll, being Dr. Fate, like, reconstitute somewhere. Yeah. I'll tell you something that annoyed me. Um where they were like, um, they find the cape and he goes, um, Saturn Girl says, why does Mordu have what I assume is your father's original cape? Superboy goes, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. And then she goes, oh, I know you don't. I'm just, and I'm just like, what a stupid piece of dialogue. Like, you know, yeah, that's the kind of things that make it like not flow very well, where you yeah. could just be like, why would he have your cape? And then it's like, okay, we move on. We skip the next two panels that don't really need any dialogue. Like, yeah, I just mean like it's 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 just unnecessary. Like, and honestly, in comic books that are twenty pages, and I know I might sound harsh, and Bendis, if you're listening, you know, fucking deal with it. Like, you've got twenty pages, you know, you've got to be sort of economic with the storytelling, and just wasting panels on just nothing that goes nowhere. You know, um, I mean, yeah, those yeah. could have been word balloons that are like further developing these characters yeah. that we still don't know much about. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but instead, it's that Bendis banter that isn't entertaining. That's not moving ships anymore. It's just boring. Um, and then Doctor Fate blows up, basically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> and then we go over to Rimbor and Joe. Uh, that's Joe Na Ultra yes, Boy. Ultra Boy is taking the lead. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Uh, I yeah, like he's that like, he's like kept. Good. I like that he's kind of kept the basics of the uniform. Like it's at least recognizable as mm-hmm. Ultra Boy because Ultra Boy has that cool. 
uniform. I've I got to be honest, I don't really understand why they've r- tried to radically change all the uniforms. Like, But he, at least his uniform is recognisable to the standard Ultra Boy uniform. Remember in um, Legion of Three Worlds, when all the three Ultra Boy teamed up, they all looked pretty similar, remember? Yeah, and then this one, it's pretty similar, but it's like more green than red. Yeah, but it's similar enough that I'm at mm-hmm. least happy with it. Quite like the hair page, is really though. what throws it. But yeah, the, yeah, the hair is yeah. Well, that's just that's just the directive to try to be hip to yeah. the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like let's please try to be hip. Put some highlights in the hair. Um, you know, um, but I don't know. I I I liked this page. I, I thought it was um, it was funny at the end when Dawn starts like, I find you very impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's not um, holding the candle for wildfire anymore. She's moved on. I mean, I, let's not forget she just, for that issue where she just flew away from Wildfire back in the past. And she's like, Oh, yeah, yeah. If only I could up. hold you, but I can't. So goodbye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and she just flew off. Um, then we get to Earth. And probably, you know, this, I like this page. Yeah. I like the colors here. Yes, the triplicate girl stuff. I, yeah. Yeah, I think this triplicate girl stuff is, is probably maybe the best. Uh, that Bendis has done on this title. I, 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 I find it very entertaining. Yeah, I like the design. I like her character. Um, but yeah, I would agree with that. And basically what they're worried about is uh, she's having bad dreams about the great darkness, so they're talking mm-hmm. to Dream Girl about what's going on. I don't really think anything develops out of this. No. Um, no, just, so that was, again, kind of frustrating to me. Foreshadowing about the great darkness, which they've mentioned previously as well, haven't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. in the previous couple. But here's one thing that bugged me. She says, Lorna Durgo, who we affectionately refer to as Triplicate Girl, mm. or Triple Girl? Yeah. Is it Triplicate, or... And then she says, yeah. Triplicate. And I'm like, yeah. do we have to do this? Like, I know, I know. But like, also, like, why are you still... If these are old teammates, you know, why are you still bantering about what they want to be called? You know? Yeah, like we know that they're pretty newly formed, but it's like maybe that wasn't the best idea because yeah, like I agree. these characters don't know each other. We don't know them. Yeah. Maybe you should have gone into it with them like being more established. I Yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually hate it. Like, um, like so many Bendis fucking things on this title. Like it's just honestly, he's just not the best person to be on this title. Like really. I mean, yeah. someone who I, he, he, with so much – so many characters to juggle and you've only got one book it's not like the superman books where you've got you know four books or however many books Mm. batman books you've got multiple books you've only got one legion of superheroes title so you've got to juggle a whole lot of stuff just like say chris claremont did back in the day when x-men was just one x-men book you know um Mm -hmm. you need every single page to be getting information and action to a reader. You can't have wasted panels and pages if you want it to be a coherent read. But Bendis just throws away so many panels that just are just dead ends, narrative dead ends, you know? Yeah, and my concern is that, you know, he's the type of guy who's like, ooh, I want this, I want this. And, you know, he's Bendis, so he's got the power. He can take what he wants. Hmm. And then he... I'm just worried that... He's going to get 20 issues in, and the book's not selling well, and it ends um, like Young Justice. That's what happened with Young Justice. Yeah. 
oh, I really care about Young Justice. Young Justice is the best thing. And then it's like, yeah, sure. oh, well, uh, bye, guys. Uh, There's no real resolution. Yeah. You know, on to the next thing. And oh, I think yeah. that's yeah. going to happen to the Legion. The next shiny um, thing kind of, you know. He, yeah. he, he wants to get his little mitts on it to fuck around with it. But then... And, oh, yeah. You know, Exactly, and then it's and then it's kind of like, and it's always like this is the part that it always annoys me. I'm just the biggest Be- Legion fan. I've read so much Legion, and honestly, having done Legion Outpost, I've read you know not even a ton of Legion, but enough Legion to know that Bendis is not nailing this very well. You know, yeah, it's pretty middling as far yeah, as Legion like, goes. Uh, yeah. I will say, uh, I guess we have some news: is that Bendis. Uh, he's off Superman, apparently. You know, and he's we'll on see. Justice League, isn't he? Isn't that his big yep. tease? Yeah, and he's on Justice League. Which so I predicted. Like, which I predicted. Yeah, I think we both kind of thought that we were like, he's either going to get Batman or Justice League. I'm glad he didn't um, get Batman. I'm okay with him having Justice League, but Me if too. it's going to like take away from this book, or if he's like, on to the next thing, don't care, because that's what happened. He got Legion, and then Young Justice kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what's going to happen with this? Um, well, why can't they hand it to a different writer? Like, there's a lot of oh, writers yeah. out I mean, there. It'd be cool with that. Yeah. They didn't do that with the Young Justice, though, so I don't know. But mm. also worth noting is in the March solicitations, um, you know, we have issue 12 that was supposed to come out next week. It got pushed back to January. Right. Um, and then we have the Future State thing, which is two issues um, in January and February. So that's a Legion then, Future State, yeah? What's that? It's a Legion Future State issue. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So they all look a lot different. Oh. And who's, then after who's that, that? The expectation that was we're going to come back. What's that? Is Bendis writing that future state stuff? Yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that'll be interesting to do for the show. Well, yeah, but the concern is then that in March, you would think we'd get Legion of Superheroes issue 13. Sure. But uh, the March solicitations came out, and it looks like there's no 13. So either oh. they're taking an extra month or two off, which is fine, or... The book's over. So oh my god! Know. If the book's over, what was the point of all the exactly? Because <laughs> we've got one more issue and then a future stage. So twelve, like... twelve issues of filler that went yeah. fucking almost nowhere. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, that would be. I mean, that would be like Lost, a comedy. You got twelve you know? issues, and they did a lot there. You know, you got a full story in Legion yeah. Lost. Oh yeah, but here, so we'll see. Yeah, that, well, that's the danger with Bendis. Like, he, he takes so long to get anywhere that, like, you just think, honestly, what's the point? Like, that is yeah, that is that is annoying. I mean, I hope, as a Legion fan, sorry to yawn, that I hope that they just handed a different writer, frankly. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, but you they're also cutting back on a lot of books. Like, you know, they don't yeah. have that much coming out in March. And the the plan might be to stagger things over a few months or it might be hey we're gonna cut back our publishing line and have oh, less Jesus. books really like you couldn't get rid of fucking red hood and the outlaws or some shit like that yeah. or fucking naomi <laughs> well yeah i think those are gone too but yeah oh what a point. shame <laughs> for, for the three people out there who like naomi um <laughs> yeah okay so all right so look basically it's just i did find this interesting though so in this version, um, the Great Darkness Saga hasn't happened because the Legion has just been formed. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, we don't know how long ago they got formed, but yeah, they're worried about this Great Darkness. And okay. we don't know if it's the Great Darkness in name only or if it'll yes. be Dark Side again. 
Well, yeah, but but they're definitely using the tagline, so you know, um, all Legion fans, you know, know of the Great Darkness Saga. So anyway, I thought it was interesting. This is foreshadowing. See, to me, this is foreshadowing that actually works because it's not cluttered. It's quite simple. It's triple good girl saying she's having dreams. Her people don't dream. She's going to dream girl who obviously dreams and can tell the future. It's kind of neat, and they and they kind of do a merging of consciousness, don't they? Um, mm-hmm, as well, like that. yeah. Oh, look, I, I it was my favorite part of the issue for sure. Um, and then, funnily enough, then they're on Daxum, so Daxum still exists, which is which is well, good catch, man. I didn't notice. Yeah, well, I only noticed it then too. But like, my point is, and we've got Rose there, sort of guiding. Um, I'm not even sure who she's guiding, but some some legionnaires. Rose Block, White Lass, or Lightning Lass, and Cosmic Boy. Okay, cool. Um, and she, and it's interesting because like Rose obviously came from the DC present, uh, one thousand years into the future. Um, and she talks a bit about that, which is kind of really one of her only moments to shine so far in the eleven issues. And um, I don't know. I, I thought it was a bit. It was interesting. Um. And then, Ooh, here, here's a line I hate. You know what, Lightning La- or Lightning Kid? It didn't actually feel like the Age of Heroes during the Age of Heroes. Not like how you think of it. This, this here right now feels more like the other thing. I hate when Bendis does this. It's like telling us how great the characters are and how amazing everyone is. I, I read a Superman and it's like five or six different times so people like... Yeah, Superman's like, oh, I feel bad that uh, you know I'm not a better father. And then Adam Strange will be like, oh, you are the best. You are the most amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like too. it's Superman. It's like a Superman feels bad, and it's like yeah. Jesus, shut the fuck up. It's it's like you know what it reminds me of. It's a politician. Um, yeah. I saw a politician the other day talking about the latest outbreak of Corona, and he was just he was just waffling on, and, and I was like, honestly, like, do we even need to hear it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just the equivalent of nothing. Like. He's just going on about how everyone's helping everyone and blah, blah, blah. There are no problems. And it's just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, like, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, everyone isn't helping everyone. Um, and it's just so meaningless that you just, it just becomes background noise. And, and that, yeah, I agree. Where, where they're like, oh, the Legion of Superheroes is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And in, you know, based on what Bendis has given us, which is a fragmented, stupid story that's like you know not been fantastic it's not the greatest thing ever you know yeah uh it's a long way from the greatest thing ever it it, it, it struggles to get a pass mark actually um (laughs) yeah yeah. anyway let's wrap this up because it's starting to depress me okay Um, well all right we get mordru show up and he attacks the legion Mm -hmm. i and i didn't mean that about your comments i just meant that god just lingering on this bender stuff sometimes just Oh yeah, wipes me out. <laughs> but you know, but but it is interesting to kind of like at least talk about it. But yeah, Modra, like Modra's design, I, I will say that it's very different from yeah. the sort of aged kind of sorcerer look. But uh, there was one p- bit that really annoyed me, and this will be my last criticism. Where they always do this: if I wanted you dead, dead you would be, but I need you. And then someone goes, "The magic guy," and he goes, "Sorcery." But whatever, and I and I rolled my, I actually rolled my eyes. Yeah, I was like, really, Modru's talking like a fucking thirteen-year-old now. 
Okay. Valley Girl, yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I do want to explain when I said that let's move on. I didn't mean move on from your comments. I just meant yeah, this yeah. whole issue. Like, yeah, I'm yeah, no, I, I, I get you. I, dude, I get your point. I, I don't really give it that much of a fuck. But I, I like to give it a chance. But look, okay, so yeah. they're fighting. Something interesting happened. Um, Rose turned into Thorn. Am I right in saying she's the same person with like a split personality or something? Is that right? Yeah, she's basically like the Hulk, you know, only right. more human looking. I did like that uh, image on page 15 where she's got a knife and she's just knifing someone. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay. She obviously doesn't uh, adhere to the Legion's code. Well, it's Thorn as well. Like, Thorn's taken her over at that point. So I assume right. Thorn's, like, Thorn's like the evil sort of version of her. Because just mm-hmm. before and that... So, yeah, this was... might finally be following up on that Legion of Superheroes Millennium yeah. thing that followed Rose, yes. you know, well, a yeah, thousand because years. She was talking about, like, she, she was saying, oh, Thorn, I haven't seen Thorn in a hundred years. And then during this incident, she's, she's like, Thorn, Thorn, go away. And then she's suddenly stabbing people. So I would assume Thorn's taken her over. Um, we then got a thing with Gold Lantern um, and Brainiac's kind of investigating something and, and about the Elders... Um, and then we flash to uh, Superboy. Uh, basically, it, it basically, I mean, all the different things that have been happening. Um, Brainiac's getting like a sort of a, a distress call from like a whole stack of different places. So like Cosmic Boy's been kidnapped. Krypton is under attack. Dr. Fate disintegrated. <laughs> Ultra yeah, Boy just... Uh, yeah. Disintegrated. Yeah. Sounds pretty final. Yeah. But, like, these energy beings, like, sort of, like, um, yeah. Captain Adam and stuff, they're always disintegrating and coming back together, so I'm not too worried. Um, mm-hmm. But, anyway, the point of the story is that every everything that has been has been sort of snapshots of, everything's going wrong at once, yeah? Yeah, essentially. And, and um, Superboy then goes to Krypton, and then they're trying to explain um, to Superboy that there's actually a Krypton... And yeah, and then he get and just explain the final page to me. So the final page, he he's gotten to Krypton and heaps of people are dead, and Roggle Zars there. Who I, believe, I would assume that yeah. these people aren't dead because those oh. are all of our legionnaires. But I guess they could be. Oh, I, yeah, I see wildfire there. Oh, sorry, I thought they were Kryptonians. I didn't actually look too closely at them. Okay. Oh yeah, no. Okay, but they're defeated. And Rogelzar, you we, you told me, didn't you, that he was created by Bendis in the Superman titles in the present, mm-hmm. and he's gone forward yeah. in the future, or, or lived that long, has he? Yeah, I would assume he just lived that long, but yeah. And um, is design any different, or has he, like, aged or from the, his Superman? Yeah, he looks pretty much the same. I mean, he's always been, like, an ugly dude. Okay, and what's his, what's his race? Like, what is he? I'm not sure. Oh. I know, like, uh, <laughs> his thing Thanks, was there was some kind of, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that memorable. Um, there's a thing about, like, a council that kind of, like, uh, kind of like a United Planets-type council of people that kind of, like, made decisions and were, like, big power movers, and mm. maybe jor was part of it, and that's how his planet was destroyed or something. I don't care. I don't know. All right, okay. But in essence, though, it's a Superman villain that Bendis created – who he's mm-hmm. brought into a legion because the guys lived that long. So we've got another long-lived villain. Uh, Presumably. Which yeah. is actually a good way if you're at DC, to, if you create like an immortal villain and you make them in any way have some pop, I mean, it really does kind of like, you know, gives them a bit of, they can be used in mm-hmm. a lot of different stories, you know? Yeah, um, it seems like it's hard to get villains to catch on. 
you know, but yeah. 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 I mean, Bendis tries, doesn't he? Um, Paulie, like mm-hmm. Leviathan, fucking Red Mist, uh, Rogelzar. They all yeah. suck. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, they're there. They're there. You know, he, he does try. Anyway, so that that's the issue. I think, as Adam said, like, uh, what reading it again, uh, I read it right after I read Five Years Later, and I think I was, like, just appreciating it not being Five Years Later. But <laughs> but I'm giving it six because I think on the reread, I was a bit more like, this is a bit not that great. Um, I did like the Yeah, I'll give it a six stuff. and a half. Yeah, six, six and a half, yeah. It is depressing, though, just whenever we, like, when we're talking about it and then we're looking back and, like, well, what's really happened in this book? It's just a series of these, like, three-page scenes that don't add up to anything. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Well, I'm, you know, yeah, but, like, I I would go the opposite route. I I think he's done so little that if another writer picked up the threads now, they could easily build their own story. Like, his, his foundations are so flimsy, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. That I just worry too, though. I just don't have that much confidence in DC's writing writing stable right now. Yeah, I tell that you, even uh, if somebody did pick it up. You know, I tell you, be? someone I really like, um, just as a person, um, Stephanie Phillips, who's just taken over Harley Quinn. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't uh, know her very well. Oh, look, she's new on the scene, fresh on the scene, oh, cool. and cool. comes from indie comics. Um, has just taken over Harley Quinn. I'm, I'm friends with her on Twitter and stuff. I've been chatting to her a bit. Um, I wanted to try to get her on the show, and um, she's very busy at the moment. But, yeah, sometime in 2021 could be open. Um, yeah, good luck. Yeah, no, no, no. You've lo- lovely, lovely lady. I- I'm just thinking like a fresh voice, you know, like someone like that, like who just comes in, who's hasn't been around the mill a thousand times. Someone like that, you know, like some someone who yeah, comes I'd in. Yeah, I'd be from down for that. Um, yeah. You know, though like this last crop. So let's say like rebirth, you know, they introduced oh. a fresh crop of creators. Sure. Um, I don't think any of those really worked out, but maybe this time they will, you know? Well, yeah, you've always got to nurture a bit of new talent. Um, yeah. I look, I don't know. I'm just speculating. I'm just thinking like, honestly, if you're a writer with a bit of ambition who likes futuristic stuff, um, I think you give them, about as much reading as I've done for the show, which is which for a professional isn't that much. You could get through it in a week mm-hmm. or two, and that yeah. would be about enough just to 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 go on and sort of play your own field kind of thing. I, I I don't necessarily think it always has to be the old guy coming back for the tenth time. You know? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Get somebody young in there. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, I and, don't know and, if it'll take a sales hit though with a. Well, you know. I don't know, but like. I'm a big believer in if you give them uh, some rope, you, you know, and, and, and give them some time and let them build the book. Yeah. Like, don't try to – don't think it's going to all turn around in five minutes, like in, in five issues. Like, give them time. Like, let them build a story. Um, let them have a pitch. G- give them the reading material so they've got a bit of a background, like enough of a background so they know who fucking Dream Girl is and who Cosmic Boy – you know, so they know – you could definitely do it. I'm sure they've got a primer package. Um, you definitely don't need to read 40 years or 50 years of stuff, but you could just read just enough to have an idea and give them a good editor, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. do it the old-fashioned way. Like, if you're cutting down your line, have a bit of quality control on the titles, you know? 
Yeah, I agree with that. That's, yeah, that would be that would uh, be yeah, how I, I would I run it. I definitely prefer that to cancellation. You know, oh, hundred um, percent. Yeah, I don't think it needs to be cancelled. I think it's a good concept. I think it's a strong property. Uh, it just needs to be handled better. And if that means someone of Bendis's name gets offered and, and like a so-called, so you know, more minor or lesser known name comes on, that isn't a death sentence if they're given the right support, basically. For sure. Yeah, um, I mean, Jim Shooter, um, yeah. Paul Levitz. Oh, well, and actually, I don't know if Paul Levitz was a nobody when he started or not. But, but like, you know, you know, comics are littered with stories of people who came... You know, who, who broke... Everyone had to break in at some point. You know, everyone everyone was new at some point and came in. Um, I'm just thinking get some fresher talent on the table than, than people always think, oh, you got to bring Paul Levitz back. Oh, Paul Levitz is fucking yeah. probably retired, old, doesn't want to do the same thing for the 10th time. You know what I mean? Like, bring in some... I mean, I love Paul Levitz too, but, like, I, I'm just bringing some fresh voices and give them a good editor and do it that yeah. way. At this point, I don't think anybody. No offense, as much as I love Paul Levitz, was really clamoring for him to come back. You okay. know, but yeah. but that's often the call. You know, often it's like they they dial back to the great old creators, and and I get that appeal. But some on a book like this, uh, look, I think Bendis has, has has built such a flimsy structure of detail that that any decent writer could could take what he's mm-hmm. done and or what little he's done, and and create their own pathway. And my sure, first yeah. thing would be, I think Bendis has tried to shoot too wide. Um, I think he's tried to go really wide, and he's and he's really sacrificed any sort of real narrative sort of drama for for the sake of it. Like, like I said, I mm-hmm. think he's almost tried to take fly on the wall approach, and that just isn't that fascinating. You know, it's just not that interesting. Um, looks 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 cool because he's got a good artist, but. Um, yeah, I, I I just think it's a, a case that they just need to sort of recalibrate. Um, I I would hope bring in a, a different writer after this future state and go on. If it gets cancelled, then it's all just been a giant waste of time, you know. Yeah, for and it's, sure. And you frankly, know. a stain on Bendis' record because he's the one who couldn't make it compelling. Really, you know. Mm, same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's I move agree. on because now you've got the. That was just the intro. Now we believe we've got some comments before we go to five years later from Alan. Yeah, and I'll try to summarize some of the longer ones um, and just kind of get through those. But yeah, Alan wrote in for our last show, so that's appreciated, Alan. Uh, yeah, I like having the feedback. Love it. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about uh, the bringing characters from, like, uh, you know, we were talking about the Spider-Man and bringing Tobey Maguire back. Oh, yeah. Um, he said the first time a DC production had cameos of characters from a previous iteration was the Superman movie that had um, uh, Lois's mom appears was Phyllis Coates. Mm. Um, so anyway, yeah, he was just saying that there's kind of a longer history than even we mentioned. And oh, right. And Ed O'Toole and Dean Cain. Yes. And others appeared on Smallville. So, yeah. And Annette um, O'Toole was the mother on Smallville, wasn't she? Yeah, so that was kind yes. of like a and who more was significant she? role. Who, who was she previously though? Uh, she was uh, Lana Lang in Superman Three. Oh, really? <laughs> wow, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't think Lois was in that movie, or she wasn't in it very much. But yes, yeah, she was definitely sidelined in in Three. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, yes, from a memory of Superman Three. Yeah, yeah. With Richard Pryor. So there's a bit more taking... details there, but I'm going to skip over them just okay. for the sake of, you know. Sure. But yeah, Richard Pryor. Yeah, I like the Richard Pryor one. 
Me too. It's, it was fun. Yeah. Did he? Uh, was he it, says, was that his, uh, did he have more comments than that, or was that it? Oh yeah, he had more. He had more. Okay. Uh, we were talking about the little kid in the Great Darkness Saga. I said that was Orion, mm. and we were talking about how Great Darkness Saga ra- wrapped up. It was actually a reborn High Father was the kid, oh. and then a twisted version of Orion was one of Darkseid's servants, and High Father restored him. Oh. Um, and that's who I think ended up beating Darkseid. Anyway. Yes, that rings a bell, actually. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. Right. Uh, Saturn Girl lost the bikini just a couple of issues before the Great Darkness Saga. Sad. A sad day for yeah. comics. I, I exactly. saw, I, I read, um, I just want to say this, I, I read uh, after fucking finishing five years later last night, uh, <laughs> I, I read an issue of Kerry Bates, issue 206. I think it was the one after, we, you know, we'd done up to 205. Yeah, what just, happens in that one? Uh, it's pretty funny actually. Superboy is getting haunted by ghosts of oh, Invisible right. Kid mm-hmm. and Pharaoh Lad, and um, they want to prove. And obviously, they've died, but they want to prove to him that they're Legion material. So they do. They do. They prove it to him, and then they just disintegrate. And then you find out that Brainiac uh, and the others have been creating clones, and the clones mm-hmm. only last for forty-eight hours. Um, yeah, I remember that one. It's pretty cool. Um, but can I say, in that, such a refreshing issue. And big, and uh, Sadanga was wearing a bikini, and she looked fantastic. <laughs> she really yeah, I figured good. that's what you were getting at. I don't know why they ever ditched it. It's such a good look. It's so sexy. <laughs> that's my opinion. Um, hey, maybe they'll bring it back. Hope they, I hope they do, yeah. You, you could um, give her the bikini and somewhere still have the little um, logo, which I quite like, the logo, and so you could blend the two, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. yeah, she normally wore it like on her belt, I think, yeah, with well, the bikini. Well, there you go. So everyone wins. <laughs> um, he says, nice job of not revealing the rest of the Shrinking Violet story from the cursed trade that we read. Uh, read. Okay. Um, yeah, so we didn't really spoil it. Uh, I remember, he says, I remember when it finally occurred to me that Levis treated White Witch's powers as D&D-style spellcasting. Yes. You had kind of mentioned that you caught on to that, which was something that was completely over my head. Um, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool, He also cool, says, what's that? It was cool, and they kept mentioning Dungeons & Dragons, so clearly Levis was a bit of a Dungeons & Dragons fan. Yeah, and they had Scrabble and Pac-Man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Ms. Pac-Man, as you said. Yes, yes. Yeah. Important distinction. Yes. Uh, speaking of Dr. Fate, when Levitz wrote the JSA during the All-Stars comics revival and subsequent adventure comic stories in the 70s and 80s, his version of Fate wasn't nearly as powerful as John's made the Hector Hall version. Right. So we had talked about how magical characters can often like ruin a story. Be too and powerful. That's why... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, I, he says, I always pronounced Kund oh. to rhyme with book. So I'm not sure. I guess that would be k- Kund. No it avoids idea. the whole ooh like loot thing. Right. Kun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So that's something that a lot of people talk about, and no matter which way you say it, it kind of sounds like something that could be taken offensively. Yeah. So yeah. Always... Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Uh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things that on the page you sort of don't think about, but when you try to pronounce it, it you know definitely. Uh, is in the terms of 2020 problematic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, he says the Legion of Superheroes on Supergirl wasn't all that great. 
in his opinion. <laughs> I believe I believe that, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> he said that he did like that they came up with a version of Brainiac Five who isn't always an intellectually arrogant prick. He likes so that. I actually kind of like a prick. Yeah, I was like, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's how he generally is, isn't it? Like, I'd say it's more of a like. Nineties forward thing. Okay, all right. Well, Alan would yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So you said. What did I? Great say? comments, Alan. <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, oh, so I read them. Okay. Yeah. You <laughs> said you cover both the old school stuff and you're up to date with what was happening on Supergirl. Right. Uh, but basically, what I want to mention was he said, "P.S. It's a shame about Saturn Girl losing the bikini costume." Yes. yes. Alan writes back to each their own. Personally, I miss Cosmic Boys. Cosmic. Oh, I remember him saying this. Yeah, that's right, because I said I missed the bikini. I was agreeing with myself there. I thought he said it. Yes, that's right. And Alan liked the Cosmic Boy um, manzini or whatever you would call it. Yeah, Yeah. he calls it a boussier. And he said, well, he was certainly working it. So it sounds like it's growing on you too. Well, I mean, no. I mean, it's (laughs) the actual look isn't growing on me per se, but I can understand for the people who enjoy Cosmic Boy and enjoy him showing his assets, um, yeah, for sure, I, I, I get it. He's like, got nice pecs. Different strokes for different folks, man. You know, yeah, I, I, it all um, it all goes. <laughs> uh, the Legion's origin was first told in Superboy one forty seven in nineteen sixty eight. So yeah, that was oh. the issue I was thinking of, but I wasn't aware that it was the sixties. I thought, and that's well after their first appearance, which is in the late fifties, isn't it? Ten years later. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, that's interesting. We should do yeah. that at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, would that be Jim uh, Shooter by then? I don't know because it's in the Superboy 60s. book. It might have been. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, we'll we'll, nah. we'll, do, we'll do it at some point for sure. Yeah. I think that would be interesting. Cool. Uh, so Douglas Nolan, Farrellad's twin brother, first appeared in the in the first Adult Legion story. Levitz uses this story to retcon. He's referring to. It, Legion of Superiors 300 uh-huh. was used to retcon the Adult Legion story using a character that was introduced in the original Adult Legion story. Okay. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. That was interesting um, stuff. I, I really like that curse, and I and I'm going to complete reading that over my break for sure. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah um, I, I've still got it on my iPad. I really um I kind of kicking myself that I didn't pick up the hardcover. Um, and I and I thought I had the hardcover. But then I realised that back in the day, I just didn't quite commit to it. Um, mm-hmm. So I own it on Kindle. Yeah, I bet <sighs> that's something that you could still find pretty uh, yeah, cheap. Yeah, I, I should get it because I've almost got a complete collection now because I've got the three uh, Silver Age omnibuses. I've got the two Superboy and Legion, you know, those Bronze Age ones. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. So I probably should pick it up. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then you have a nice finish. run of hardcovers. Yeah, and I've got the Great Darkness. So, and I really enjoyed it too. That that's the key to me. Um, uh, like, yeah, I really thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, for me, I mean, I'm biased, but it just seems like something that would be nice to have on the shelf. Hundred percent, man. Yeah. I don't do uh, too a badly. Few more though. things. Oh, oh, go ahead. I was saying I don't do too badly. It's not like I deny myself that much. I just bought that <laughs> that Deadpool omnibus you saw. Yeah, yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, just the last few things. He says, the second alternate universe from issue 300 is slightly pre-shooter. That's the one where Computo kills everyone. Yes. And he mentions that Howard Benner intentionally drew in a style similar to John Fort 
who drew lots of the early Legion stories in Adventure Comics. And I, I realize this now because I actually commissioned a piece from Howard Bender, and it doesn't look anything like his art in that issue. It's much more, like, modern-looking. Mm. Wow. He's really got a depth of knowledge, uh, Alan, doesn't he? Like, it's 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 impressive. He sure like, does. Like, it's like an yeah. encyclopedia. Like, um, That's yeah, Legion fans. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, yeah, your Legion fans really know your stuff. Um which is why I appreciate Legionnaires turning up to listen to me, who knows very little. But, um, yeah, no, it's 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 impressive. Like, I think you guys have really... Guys and girls, because I, I know it's both. Legion was very popular with women, too. Um, have really kept the flame alive, you know? Um, yeah. Through, through the uh, years, you know, a lot of, of that's through the uh, letter campaigns and all that. Yeah, I think it's really, I think it's really cool, like, frankly. You know? uh, last what about a Legion was... movie, dude? Like, would you guys be down for that? Like, how come that's never been discussed? Yeah, um, cool. they were actually talking about that on the Legion of Substitute podcasters the other day. Okay. Um, I think they were talking about how there was a rumor about it back whenever the Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out, and it just never yes. really materialized beyond that. See, um, I think they've, they've got better characters that are much better established than Guardians, too. Like, Guardians famously was a D-grade property, at uh, mm-hmm. Marvel, and it was only with uh, DNA, who also did Legion, that really they started to get some bounce in the comics, and then obviously James Gunn did his thing. But I think Legion has a much firmer foundation in terms of you know lore and characterization, and mm-hmm. you, you could yeah, get they have a lot more to pull from. Yeah, exactly. You could get a good scriptwriter to come in and either do a TV show as well. Like a, I would like a HBO Max TV show of it. Or um, uh, like a movie, yeah. I think it'd be cool. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and honestly, I think the DNA stuff would be good to pull from again. You know, they're a bit younger agreed. there. Yeah, agreed. Um, and it's really you could good mix it up. Stuff. You could mix it up. You could you you could have DNA, but also have certain um, like feels from the original classics. You know, you could do a bit of a mix. You know. Oh yeah, sure. Um, Grabbing villains from all over. Yeah, and by the way, sure I've been watching. Uh, it's something you might find interesting. I've been watching Supergirl, uh, not Supergirl, Stargirl, um, mm-hmm. while I've been on break or just leading into my break, and I've I've watched about two thirds of it. I really quite enjoy it. Yeah, I'm glad, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was something for me where I was enjoying it at first, and then it just kind of got um, really kind of uh, targeted towards like you know teens and preteens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is yeah. where it kind of lost me a little bit. But, but I like yeah. all the connects. It's got enough connects back to GSA, JSA, and I don't know. It's got enough to keep me interested. You know, it's better than I thought it would be. Um, Michelle had a really funny reaction. God, it was fucking funny. Like, so I was saying, um, I was, because I watched a couple of episodes and I was like, you might like this show. Like, we could probably watch a show. You know, you're always looking for a couple show. You know that you know the feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you're looking for a couple show that's like, somewhat ticking some of your boxes as well. You know what I mean? Rather, I could go out there and go, let's watch NCISLA till the end of time, you know? Um, but anyway, so I said that and she walked in and our man was on screen with his hourglass and Michelle's reaction. She's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I was like, she goes, is that literally an hourglass? And I was like, yes. <laughs> I love our man. He's got a great design. I said, why? But Michelle, not a comics reader. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't know our man in a minute. She's like, no way, no day. <laughs> she's just excellent. Yeah, she's got no love for the classics, huh? No, no knowledge or love. But it was so funny when she's like, is that an hourglass? And I was like, yes. 
<laughs> I was like, it help if I said no. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's a pretty good show. She's like, it's never happening. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, oh, you know, it's, it is what it people is. People are kind of getting sick of the superhero thing, and when you're digging that deep, they're like, no. They're just like, no thanks. Like, you know, and I was like, but it's Star Girl. And she's like, Star. <laughs> she's like, it's a no from me. It was, it was so funny because I was like, I was like, I was trying to spin it. I was like, that's actually a pretty, before she saw this, I was like, it's a pretty good show. Like, you know, I think you'd probably like it. And then it was like, no. <laughs> Rejection. <laughs> Just totally rejected. Like, if she'd come in when Solomon Grundy was on screen, I really like Solomon Grundy's appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did, Stripe would have been cool. Yeah, everything where they tie it back a little bit, so it's a bit less teen dramery. But I also quite like the main actress. I think she does a pretty reasonable job, and I like Luke Wilson. So overall, I, I sort of think there's enough pieces there that I think it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she she's the most solid of like the kids, and then the oh, other ones yeah. kind of get on my nerves a little bit. Yeah, but, they um, kind of suck. Um, yeah, yeah, if you took her and put her in a JSA show yeah, and yeah, she yeah. was kind of the focus i think it would be great and i and there was a tease of shade and i think mm-hmm. you said shade's gonna be in the second season and i'm a big fan of shade from starman i thought shade was excellent yeah my hope is that they kind of do it where they can bring jack in and then maybe do a spin yeah. off or something oh, that'd be fucking wicked like um yeah i, I would hope that would do that uh what was i gonna say um, did you ever read the Shade miniseries, the one that James Robinson did in about 2012 or so, like well after Starman? Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, I really, it was good. I really enjoyed that. I've got the – I've got the. they didn't do it in hardcover, and that was one of the reasons James Robinson really got the shits with DC. Oh, um, really? Yeah, did, James Robinson really, really got annoyed with DC when they took Starman out of print. You know how Starman, mm-hmm. uh, those those omnibuses were always in shel- on shelves? Yeah, they, they took that out of print, and they also didn't do Shade as a hardcover, and that was a big part of why James Robinson he really, yeah, reacted poorly. It's a to damn him. shame. I mean, yeah. Yeah, his I output at that time was kind of questionable at times. But, yes, yeah, you know, I would have loved to see more from him. And yeah, his uh, classics was yeah exactly. He's a good writer who, who I think unfortunately hasn't sort of prospered over the last like fifteen years or so. But his classic mm-hmm. stuff is it holds up. Against like fucking Gaiman, Morrison, like his his classic style. Oh yeah, for sure. It, 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 like it holds up against their heavy hitters, is what I'm saying. I I think so. Um, yeah, I keep hoping that he'll come back for like a twelve issue series about Jack, and they could awesome. do it the same way with like a different artist teach issue or whatever. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Dude. Um, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, we might at some point do, um, uh, do uh that shade storyline or something on Signal and have you on, man, something like that, you know. Oh yeah, would love that. Yeah. I think you'd enjoy that. Okay, so turning back to this, so was that all of Alan's comments, or has he got more? Um, I guess a couple more quick yeah, ones. Yeah, go for it. Let's see, where were they? Uh, last couple was Dave Cockrum drew the Legion of Superheroes right before Mike Grell. His okay. last full issue was Superboy two hundred one, which is the one with Wildfire. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that he read part of the reason Cockrum left the book because DC refused to give him back the original art for the big wedding picture spread, uh, the one between Bouncing Boy and yes. uh, Duo Damsel. Great art. Had on Cockrum that, on remained, that by the way, Nightcrawler would have become part of the Legion's universe. Really? Yeah. Because obviously so he, he went on to do X Men, didn't he? Hmm? He obviously went on to do X Men, yeah. Yeah, so he did that giant size X Men number one. Oh. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of worked out for everyone, really, didn't it? Yeah. Um, and then finally, Shooter originally had the idea of making Feralad unmask and reveal himself to be black. However, Mort Weisinger nixed the idea because he feared distributors in the South would block would drop the book like a hot potato. Right. Uh, that's why Shooter killed Feralad off so quickly. However, yeah. uh, Shooter then introduced Douglas Nolan, uh, Feralad's twin, mm. in the following story, which was the first Adult Legion story. Um. And he mentioned that the story says that the Nolan twins had mutated looks to go with getting their powers from being mutants. Uh, and they wore masks to keep from scaring people. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they were disfigured, weren't they, in uh, something we read recently? Yeah, they don't show Andrew Nolan, but they show his brother Douglas's face, and he's, like, pretty scary looking. That was in The Curse, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I remember that. That was an interesting... Interesting story. Sure. Yeah, uh, and it was cool to kind of like see what his face finally looked like after like 20 years. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, struggling. Yeah. Struggling big time. That's the last of our feedback. And we also, yeah, thank you. And we'll move on to five years later. But we, I noticed we, we had sort of some comments around five years later from different Legionnaires, kind of mostly agreeing that when Dave said he was confused, um, they were sort of sympathizing <laughs> a little bit. So I appreciated that. Um, yeah, I mean, something to mention is that uh, I, I think the general consensus is that five years later is confusing. Mm. But beyond that, um, it's not even agreed that, you know, like I wouldn't say a majority of Legion fans even like five years later. I can understand that, though, because, um, yeah, like it's so different, like and n- mm-hmm. not different in a sort of good way. It's just different, you know, like it's it, its tone isn't particularly sort of uh symbolic or whatever you call it like of of the classic legion feel you know it's, yeah it's I mean, so different worth noting is that um paul levitz's run was basically like a jeff johns run on green lantern Defining. both in terms of length and influence yes um to the point where by the time uh levitz left the book like mm. a lot of the legionnaires were retired yes and he kind of got to write the end of this you know, this legion of superheroes, which is cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I get that. That's, that's something I want to pick upon here. So as we're diving into this, my first question, okay, you've sort of answered. So at the end of, uh, Levitz's run, okay. Mm -hmm. You're saying he, he kind of wrote a lot of endings. So it, it, but it was, it was an upbeat ending, wasn't it? Like it was, it wasn't like a depressing ending. Yeah. Um, it wasn't super upbeat. Okay. Uh, I can kind of summarize the last story it was called the magic wars. Yes. And what happens is that magic comes in and like devastates all the technology around the United planets. And then something happens and they're defeated. And then all magic leaves the universe as well. Right. So at the end of that, the Legion are kind of like, well, it's time to rebuild. So it's kind of like they're in a kind of a bad state, but the Legion hope like shines on. Right. Um, and in fact, one of the Legionnaires, uh, R- Cosmic Boy's brother, has to sacrifice himself to defeat the villain. So there's like a death right there at the end. But, I mean, it's not terribly um, uh, pessimistic. Right. But it's, you know, not a super happy okay. ending. Well, it, it's mixed. Okay. But I just wanted to kind of get the vibe for that. But as you say, he did a very definitive run, gave some endings and stuff like that. So... It was always going to be a challenging ball to pick up, um, mm-hmm. 
when and well, how worth long? noting too, I yeah. guess, is that Keith Giffen came back to collaborate with um, Levitz for the last year of his run. So I see. Keith Giffen's already kind of maybe influencing where things are yes. going, yes. or at least the tone. Okay, well that's interesting. Um, yeah, that, and, and that is yeah, I, I get that. So he's involved there. So how long was it in like actual time between the end of Levitz's run and this five years later? Like, was it the next month or or what? I'm not sure if it was the exact next month, but it was like, you know, within a couple months. Okay, cool. All right, so it was, it was okay. So it was it was shortly after. So okay, diving in, we've got the first. Um, we've got the cover page, um, which already sets the tone for it being darker, like a legion ring. Um, you know, in some, some rubble. In rubble, like something destroyed. I don't know what that is. I thought it was a ship, but now that I'm looking at it, maybe it's building. And then you've got, is it Cosmic Boy in a trench coat? Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like... And it kind of sets up that he's kind of the... This run is going to focus on him. Yes, which you would like, wouldn't you? As a Cosmic yeah, Boy Yeah, I think this is actually where Cosmic Boy first really gets cemented as he's important to the Legion. What, he wasn't important before? Wasn't he fucking all the way through it, like from the beginning? I mean, he was in it from the beginning, <laughs> but after the initial issues, you know, he kind of just becomes just another member. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Even in the Levitt stuff, he got that spotlight issue. That's true. And he's kind of more important, but here it's like, no, Cosmic Boys are foundation. Yes, yes, okay. That's a good point. Which I love. Yes, yeah. and next, uh, the first panel, five years later, which all, which definitely s- sets a tone, doesn't it? Yeah, like it sure okay. does. It, that's what we're going to be. Um, now, take us through, because I'm going to have to rely on you a lot here, because uh, I, I read this, and, and honestly, a lot of this I didn't understand at first glimpse. There is definitely sure. um, like a sort of lot of... One thing I think is really interesting in this five years later is how much kind of reporting there is and stuff like that. He, he melds like a lot of sort of the telling of the story with news reports. Um, yeah, so this is yeah. 89, right? So it's yes. after Dark Knight Returns, which kind of popularized that, yes. right? Yeah, and I think it's uh, interesting. It's, I think a lot it's of people a good credit one. it to Chaikin and... Um, yes, American, American flag. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, go ahead, sorry. No, no, I just think that I, I like that storytelling technique when it's done well, and I did think in these issues, despite my problems with the issues overall, I appreciated the reporting because you know why? It gave structure to a very confusing story yeah i agree um so yeah i'll I'll kick us off and i don't mind talking about it because i love this run uh i know that you felt probably differently which we'll get into sure but uh yeah it's exciting for me to be able to talk about it so that's fine go ahead man (laughs) uh so yeah this first page kind of just flashes through the legion's history uh they talk about you know the legion used to be a single symbol for hope um, and but then they talk about some of the events that happened. So the third panel is uh, when Lightning Lad died originally, uh, when Pharaoh Lad sacrificed himself. Uh, that's the Fatal Five. And the next one, um, and t- and they were. It says that they were suspicious of them at times. Where that's Omega, who that was whenever Brainiac Five had gone mad, um, and he kind of created a villain. Mm. And then there's the dark, uh, Great Darkness Saga after that. Yes. Uh, so basically, it's just an ad for a documentary on the Legion, right? And that um, on the yes, uh, on the first page, that's Emerald Empress with the in the green, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's her eye behind her, and then that's Mono on the other side. 
and I've got to say, so some of the artwork in this I really like. Like, I think I, I know that it's I, I've done a bit of research, and I know that some people really don't like the artwork, but I actually did enjoy the artwork in general throughout these issues. You know what I mean? Good. I think they made some yeah. very interesting choices. Um, and yeah, I've, I love Giffen's yeah. art, and this is kind of a different style from what we're familiar with from The Curse. Yeah. Who's the Legionnaire who, on page two, uh, for, sorry, page four, and she's all green and she's wearing sunglasses and she's like in a white, white sort of, I guess, top? That's not a uh, Legionnaire. So oh. this is just what they're doing is they're kind of like flipping through the channel. So first we had the oh. ad for the Legion recap, and then we had an ad about um, Universo, mm-hmm. who is a villain for the Legion. He has like mind control. Right. But basically, this reporter is talking about how he is a terrorist. Yes. Um, and then they click click through, and it's just like a, a sunglasses commercial or something. And then what channel they settle on is an interview with uh, Sunboy. Right. I see. And okay. so we kind of see that Sunboy is uh, EarthGov liaison. Yes. And he's kind of... Moved on from the Legion. Seems like he's doing pretty well. Terrible. They talk about how Polar Boy tried to keep the Legion going, and he kind of like brushes him off as just being a sub. Yeah. How how bad is uh, Sunboy's haircut? Jesus. (laughs) It's like something out of a Duran Duran video from the eighties. Yeah, or like uh, Fabio. Yeah, it's just awful. (laughs) So what I'll go ahead and say here, which we're not necessarily getting into yet, is that. Sunboy is working for EarthGov, who we find out uh, and is hinted at a little bit here, and I guess I should say here as in our selected reading, Mm. is that EarthGov and Earth have been taken over by a race of aliens called the Dominators. Mm -hmm. And so this is all, he's actually working for kind of our villains, um, whether unknowingly or not, but he, he is working for them. Oh, okay. Like, right, I get you, but, but potentially unknowingly, like he's just a government stooge, yeah? Sure, yeah. I think he's painted in kind of a negative light in the sense that he's just kind of like a, always wanting in the spotlight. Yes. But yeah, he's not... Um, okay, he's interesting. Yeah, he's not on the side of the angels. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's fair enough. I mean, it's a very, it's a very dystopian, uh, you know, future, so... It makes sense that the government isn't particularly, you know, well intentioned, really. Sure. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I do, as someone who, you know, me, I love a dystopian future. So, um, you know, that that concept in itself is interesting. Like Legion of Superheroes, primarily a kind of optimistic kind of ideal, at least meshing with, um, you know, a dystopia is is an interesting sort of clash of styles, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that makes this stuff... You know uh, what it reminded you know, me of at times? The the concepts in Kingdom Come, almost, you know? Yeah, I could see that. Like, mm-hmm. have has this group outlived its usefulness? And instead of it being an easy, oh, no, good will always triumph, it's a more complicated answer, you know? Yeah, I like that. That's a good, good thought. Thank you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> well, Mark Wade's an editor too, so you know. Yeah, Mark there, Wade. There's actually editor. a line in here which is very similar to a line in um, Kingdom Come, where I was like, Mark Wade, did you, 
know. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to bring that up when I we will get there. Bring, I, I will bring didn't it up. Didn't catch it. No, I'll, I'll, okay, I'll bring it up. Okay, continue. So then we okay, head into yeah, the so main. Well. Then we head into the main action, and um, you're going to have to explain some of this stuff to me because I've got a few questions yeah. that that need need answers. Yeah. So you know, we see that Chameleon Boy was watching the news reports, and he's kind of disappointed in Dirk, who is a uh, Sun Boy, mm. and he says, you know, we got to do something. Um, now that I've finally gotten this company into decent shape, now it's time to end to tend to my father's other dream. So he's referring to his father, R.J. Brand, and he's going to go back and he's going to restart the Legion. And who, so is, the, who is the cool. person with the blank face? She's like an android or something, isn't she? Yeah, she's just an android. Okay, well, that was confusing to me. Yeah, like, it, it is. Yeah. We'll like, get into it more Who the down fuck the line. is this person? Like, um, there, I've got one big question, which which I think is hilariously not explained well in this in this in these issues but okay so she, she, she's just an android and there are ads yeah, for those you can androids see around the all the different characters have them yes um, yes so but yeah i agree with you it's confusing and they get into it a little bit more later yes and in fact in at the end of i think issue seven or six there's a full explanation for what they are yeah yeah exactly. which i think probably should have been an issue one you know i, I agree with that um, but yeah, we get, uh, it's just kind of cool that he's the one that's going to be going out and yeah, kind of his father's legacy, right? Yes. His father, um, RJ Brand, who apparently was brought from the past. I was like, yeah, we'll get into that a little yeah, bit. I was like, what? Um, okay. All right. Continue. Yeah. So he tells Marla, who is his father's like right hand man and helped him with the Legion mm. to take over the business. Um, so that's who that white haired guy is that's taken over. Yep. Yes, okay, yeah. And then we flash to Cosmic Cosmic Boy. Mm-hmm. He's having a bad dream, uh, and he's there with Loomis, who's his friend. Uh-huh. And they were in a war. Their home planet of um, Brawl was yes. in a war with Imsk, okay. which is Sh- uh, Shrinking Violet's planet. Ah, really? And they are injured in something that we kind of get the impression was not a good... Uh, practice for war you know outside of the what do they call it you know against the rules of war right okay and he's is that how he, up from it and he loses his, power. his powers yeah so he's kind of powerless which is interesting actually um yeah i think it makes him more interesting because he's uh just a regular guy now yeah and can There's i more say to him than just his power at this point i was still very much on board with the with this raid uh I, okay i, I yeah. thought this was all quite strong stuff actually Oh, good. Yeah, you have to let us know when it steers off course for you. I will. But uh, <laughs> we, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure I'll hear all about it. No, no, no. And, uh, and can I say this? I still found it interesting. I never didn't find it interesting. I just got really confused. You know. Fair. Yeah. yeah hopefully, I can straighten you out. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, Night Girl there, who he was dating in the Levitt stuff we read, The Curse. Yes. Um, they're together still. She's pregnant. Yes. Can say the bump. Uh, yeah. And he gets called to visit his friend Loomis, and he's not really sure why, but he's going out there to uh, visit Loomis. Yep. And, you know, we see that he's got PTSD, so Tom yeah. King would love that. He would love that. Tom, uh, Tom King could yeah. have written just the PTSD sections of this book. <laughs> yeah, he actually <laughs> kind of ripped off this comic for his first big 12-issue miniseries called Omega Men. Okay, he, I mean, yeah. he'll even tell you that he kind of ripped it off. Like, oh. this is, was his inspiration for it. So, oh, it's just. A, I've heard a lot of people say yeah. they love Omega Man. I've never read it, actually. 
Um, it's good. I mean, it's the most I've ever cared about the Omega Man. Yeah, and I don't even know who they are. I've never even heard the term before. I knew that they were an old DC concept, but no, I th- I've a lot of people say that's one of their favorite Tom King things he ever did was kind of what broke him into DC. Yeah, uh, and they canceled it at six issues, and they got so much like letters and stuff, emails, I guess, that yeah. they brought it back. Six emails, seven emails. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Cosmic Boy. We see that he has some kind of like. Uh, n- Better clearance than most Brawlians yes. that they're supposed about. Yeah, is that because yeah. he's a former Legionnaire and all that? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, but basically these are guys. These guys on Brawl are under restrictions from the uh, Imskins, right? Who beat them in the war. Yes. Yeah. Next page, we see Shrinking Violet, and she is a soldier also, and she's told, you know, you could fix that scar on your eye, and she's like, no, nah, I don't want to, and she's like. We'll give you an honor- honorable discharge if you just say that, yes. you know, don't say anything. And she's like, well, I can't do that in good conscience. So there we go. Why is the guy got a blank face? Why, if he's an android, why is she reporting to him? I don't think she's reporting to him. She's just. Oh, oh like right. He, no, I see. He He's the android. But then she goes to the field commander who, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I see. I wish they, like, I don't understand why you, you, there's not a panel saying, you know, whatever her name is, Salu Digby, Shrinking Violet. It would make things so much easier, you know? I mean, I get that, um, and it definitely doesn't make it, like, as accessible. Oh, yeah, it but, doesn't. Uh, and, and, and like, it would be so simple as an editorial note, you know? And you could, yeah. You, I mean, you, they could even do the. Uh, you, we talked about in the last volume, the uh, Encyclopedia Galactica. Yes. Yes. Just do that, you know. Yeah, you could do it in story way of doing it, like, but you'd still get the information through. Because honestly, with so much, so many weird s- storytelling choices in these seven issues, you've got to give some of the information to the reader as simply as possible to give them some like fucking grounding, you know. Because I'm sorry, so now but might be like, a good yeah. time to mention that this book was written by four people: um, Keith right. Giffen, Tom and Mary Beerbaum, and Al Gordon, who's the inker also. Um, so Keith is busy with Justice League, and he brings in a yeah. couple fans who are really? active in the. Um, yeah, that's who Tom and Mary Beerbaum are. Yeah. These are just fans that he, you know, liked, really? I guess, and brought them in to help him write the book. That's interesting. Um, so yeah, these aren't like professional writers that are helping him. Um, yeah, but they're, they're like the consultants and the almost. plot, and then right. they do like the scripting, I think, or you know, they pass Ooh, it back and forth. Oh, I see, and see, that's probably, and I've heard that that's Keith Giffen's way of of writing because he's primarily an artist. But when he does plot, he then hands it like with with James DeMatteis, he would hand it to him, and he would do the the scripts and the dialogue and all that kind of stuff. But yep. see, difference is James DeMatteis, extremely professional, well-respected writer, to two fans. You know, sure. I mean, I guess my point was too that these are hardcore like Legion fans. Yeah, and but they're I not. Guess they're, maybe they're, they're writing the book for hardcore Legion fans, which I won't yeah, argue is a yeah, a good yeah. good decision. <laughs> but it's I think an, that's their approach. It's an, no, I, and I I do want to put this on record. It's an interesting decision, and it's also a fantastic opportunity for those people. And I deeply appreciate that they took the ball and ran with it because I think that's what happens when you give hardcore fans a keys to the kingdom. They're going to write a very hardcore 
sort of book, and that's cool. And I, I look, I, I, I tip my hat to them, you know, because I say, good on them. But I'm just saying, from a sort of more commercial standpoint, that's going to mean it's very sort of, I don't know, the gates are locked to new readers, yeah. you know? No new that, reader yeah. is going to pick this Legion storyline up and go, oh, this is for me. You well, know? you know, it is weird. I've heard um, a few people write in that said, hey, this is where I started, so, Jesus. you know, you should be able to figure it out. But, yeah. Fucking hell. But they're they're going to be in the minority, though, like, yeah. honestly. I needed a lot of help when trying to get into this. And okay. It took a lot of work, but it, it also came with a lot of reward for me where I have a lot of respect for Tom and Mary Beerbaum. Um, I have respect Because for I really them. enjoyed sure. their writing. Okay. Question, uh, yeah. Adam, are you are you picking up five years later Omnibus? I would. I just don't. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm not gonna read an omnibus. Really, I have all the issues. So you're so busy buying original that. artwork at the moment. Exactly. Actually, yeah. <laughs> it's bad. You just imagine on Christmas Day, there's a big present to the side. Your wife's like, "Who's that for?" You're like, "That's from me <laughs> to me." <laughs> you're yeah, like exactly. hugging it. You're like hugging the package. <laughs> Well, I got like three, I think, two or three pieces in the last couple of days. Right. I was like, well, I'm glad my wife isn't home. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff when <laughs> it happens. <laughs> but yeah, so we see Shrinking Violet is writing a letter, and you might not have picked up on this, but she's writing this letter to Ayla, who is Lightning Lass. I say, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's saying, uh, I hope Garth meant it when, I, when he said he could use an extra hand in the plantation. I'm coming home. He goes nothing, and then she sends it. I thought for a second, if you look on page 16, the way she's folding her arms, for a second I was like, does she have proper arms? Oh, like, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I was like, has she lost her arms and it's got prosthetics? But then I realised it was just a, it was just an artistic choice. To, well, it's a weird way to hold your arms. Yeah, like, yeah, just they look almost like a bit like sort of, I don't know, they just look a bit sort of false. But no, mm-hmm. it's okay. She's still got arms, so that's okay. But, yeah. I like shrinking violet, but does she ever shrink in this in entire issue? With- Lightning Lass. So I don't know if you caught on to that. Who's in love with Lightning Lass? She is. Oh, really? I didn't catch yeah, on. Yeah, they're, they're gay together. I did not know that. Okay. Um, I don't it... know how explicit it is, but it's, no. uh, it might be together. pretty explicit. I just don't remember. <laughs> that should be the title of the episode, They're Gay Together. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but are they, like in the original stories, uh, is it ever in the subtext with Lightning Lass and... So Shining that's Violet? what I was going to tell you. You know, we read the the Curse and the Great Darkness Saga where Lightning Lass breaks up with... Um, he breaks up with Timberwolf, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Shrinking Violet had that story with Colossal Boy where she was actually not Shrinking Violet. Oh, yeah, that's um, so right. So after yeah, Shrinking Violet right. gets out of her predicament mm. she becomes much more like a empowered character gotcha and that's where they kind of make the turn of her like being gay and it's kind of hinted okay. at in the love it right. stuff as it wraps up that they're in a relationship or they like each other oh, that's cool. um but this is where they really embrace it yeah well i think that's really cool you know yeah i, I like it i i like them together a lot better than uh timberwolf and um lightning lass yeah God, it adds a bit of flavor as well. Like, come on, like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's cool. I, and no, I didn't pick up on that. I totally did not at all. But I guess if you're not to know, you wouldn't know. It's just, although when you look at it, actually, now that I look at it, knowing that, realize so special. My heart is all is all in caps. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. it it is actually there. But 
it, it's cleverly done so that if you were just reading it like I was, you, you wouldn't necessarily think of that at all without any Yeah, and a couple issues, though, they're also shown topless together, so that yes, might have been a good I, I, Well, you know, thank you, because I saw that, and I was like, I was like, this seems odd. Like, they're, yeah. they're topless with these sort of thongs on and yeah. rolling around the jungle, and I was like, okay, I guess things are just a lot more relaxed. Uh, like, yeah, I was going to yeah, bring we'll that up. Okay, that, yeah. Um, yeah. There's some things in there well you know that actually makes a lot more sense now that you say that actually yeah see so things are coming together right yeah, yes yes they are okay cool because i was so, when yeah. i saw that i was like wow on this planet people can just roll around like that okay cool yeah they're <laughs> a little more free there a little more free yeah all right um so cosmic boy and loomis uh meet up and it turns out that chameleon boy is the one that asked cosmic boy to come see loomis yes so that he could ask him to come back and be in the legion yeah and and chameleon boy is kind of funny how he's drawn like he's sort of cheesy like um you know you know what i mean like the look of him is cheesy his facial expression yeah or... yeah yeah like he's kind yeah. of smirking with his eyebrows raised like he's just like a sort of he's almost a bit slimy like he's kind of funny <laughs> Um, yeah, he's got a little smarm to him, like his dad was, you know, always a businessman. Yeah, I like it. I, I, um, I, yeah, I, I sort of liked that. I thought it was pretty cool. Also worth noting is the nine-panel grid um, that these comics mm-hmm. have. Um, I'm not sure if it's all the time, Itch. but certainly um, he's definitely, you know, coming from that Watchman school. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Good, good catch. Yeah, I meant to mention that earlier. Um, yeah, but no, interesting and like so. In in essence, the basic storyline here is getting the band back together. Um, is is kind of the through line of what Chameleon Boy is doing. Would you agree? Exactly, and that's how the issue kind of wraps up. Uh, except we do get a recap of the origin, which I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there's one thing. It's kind of like spiced up a little bit. Mm. He's like, um, Garth is checking out Emery. He says, "Come on, Rock." Got to get closer, closer yeah. to her. Little <laughs> wiggle in that rear end, and she'd be perfect. <laughs> yeah, I know. So a bit more uh, yeah. spicy than the original origin. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Like you know, like yeah. they're just trying to give it a bit of like that, like late eighties, early nineties flavor, aren't they? You know. Yeah. yeah it's got to be a bit more sexy. Now this last page is kind of important and very vague, uh, and I could understand if you have complaints about it. But well, this is we where have... my confusion kicks off because I, I, I really struggled with the alternating voices. And can you explain to me what is actually going on here? Yeah, so the bubble in white is a villain of the Legion called Roxas, and the villain in the white or the yellow are the Dominators. Oh. So what happened is that um, the Dominators are getting news that you know, maybe the Legion are reforming. Mm. So they send out an agent Roxas to start, I think, killing Legionnaires was my understanding. He's the crazy guy who's sort of got the sort of very camp look, right? Yeah, so Roxas is the actually the guy that killed all of um Element Lad's people. Right. Um him and a band of pirates. I thought it was the Joker for a second from Dark Knight when he first turned up. I was like he, yeah, he can act quite uh, like Joker. He's pretty demented at this point. Okay, but why are they all? Uh, are they all in someone's head, or are they actually talking? I think they're like in his cell, and it's like dark in there. Oh, right. At this That's point, right. later on, he's got like multiple personalities. Gotcha. But at the start, they're just in a cell. Okay, all right. I I, I didn't understand that at all. Like, what 
was going on. Yeah, so that kind of wraps up our first issue. We see Keith Giffen did plot and pencils. Tom and Mary Beerbaum did dialogue, and Al Gordon did co-plot and inker. And they did you read the things at the end with the Daily Planet updates and all that? Yeah, so I can kind of summarize those a little bit. Um, did you read them? Yeah, yeah, I did because okay. I, I, I like I, I, I'd read them. Just I sort of skimmed some of them, but I, in general, I read them. Yeah. Yeah, so the first one says that the U.S. tech economy or the U.P. tech economy problems, not Coons, caused the 89 collapse. Um, I don't know. I didn't get a lot out of that one, honestly. But the next one is a letter from the president telling the legionnaires that they need to not, um, you know, they need to disband. Yes. Um, He says that they've become viewed as, you know, there's a whole bulleted list of reasons why. Mm. Yeah. but yeah, basically the Legion are out of favor. And this is from 2990. Um, and I don't think the book takes place until 2994. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're all in the past. It's sort of charting the dissolution of them. And then you've the last one is the resignation of Polar Boy, who's stopped, you know. Yeah, and this is like two years after the uh, the order from the president. Yes. So I kind of like that polar boy is the holdout because he's the, the leader of the subs. Mm. Um, and he doesn't join the team until later on, but he was always one of my favorites. So it was cool to see polar boy being the holdout. Mm. Who was the guy in Legion of three worlds? He was the, not the sub, but he was kind of like, it was like storm boy or something. Um, he was one of the me- villains. But yeah. He was a villain. He was mechanical. Do you remember him? Yeah. And he's like, um, he got a bunch of like mechanical parts because he got rejected from the yeah. Legion for not having natural powers. Yeah, that was... That, He's I'm like, pre- this is yeah. what happens when you don't let kids <laughs> join the Legion. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of interesting. But for a second, yeah. I thought he was Polar Boy, but he, he was like Storm Boy, wasn't he, or something? Correct, yeah. No, so not Polar Boy. Polar Boy was in that. He was the one that was... Um, he was in that, and the Superman and the Legion one. He was the one that was held in prison, yeah, and had his hand cut off. Yeah, no, I, I remember he was in it as well. So yeah, so it, it is interesting and kind of fitting. Like it's kind of like when the you know a band breaks up and they try to keep battling on with like the bass player or something. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you know, you know that final incarnation of Velvet Underground without Lou Reed and without everyone else and like. <laughs> You know, they said us well, trying to. In this case, along. it seems like the Legion was needed more than ever, and I think Polar Boy even mentions that. So it's yes. like you yeah. kind of have to respect him for keeping on trying. Whenever yeah, no, else I, I agree. In in this case, it was a noble intention kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not very familiar with Velvet Underground to be honest. No, no, it's just funny with Velvet Underground. Like in the last, yeah. after everyone left, the 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 guy who owned the name tried to sort of keep it going, completely unsuccessfully. Yeah. You like without anyone, you know. I mean, kind of like I think McCartney was the one that wanted to keep the Beatles going, right? Yeah, but like at least in his case, he didn't actually do that, though. He didn't bring in like session guys and call them. It's like if he'd, it's like as if he, his his album was called you know the Beatles, but it was just Paul McCartney with three other guys. Yeah, yeah, you know, that'd be pretty. It would suck. Uh, (laughs) But on this last page, we see that um, the Legion headquarters is now like. Uh, condos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the ad at the end as well. Um, well, that's what I was talking about. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it was actually, I, I thought pretty cool. Like, it was, um, yeah. Like, so in essence, though, I, like, I, other than the, other than the voices, which did throw me, I really was reasonably happy with this first issue. I, I thought Good. it was pretty okay. interesting. 
Um, I was invested. I, I and you you primed me, so it wasn't like I was going in expecting this to be Kerry Bates. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I knew what this would be. I I'd read it because I'd considered buying the omnibus. I'd read quite a few people either defending it or disparaging it, so I knew it was controversial. Mm-hmm. So none of my confusions like were that uh, surprising, you know. But I, I thought the first issue was pretty strong, really. Quite a departure, though, right? From a oh, huge departure, and I was already thinking, uh, like, you know, I don't prefer this to the kind <laughs> of more classic setup, you know. But yeah, well, the good thing is you can have both. Yeah. Because, you know, we're past it now. and Oh, know, yeah, totally. The nice totally, thing yeah. is that yeah, this, yeah, yeah. at the time, I could understand being upset, like, oh, oh man, yeah, the Legion yeah, are yeah. different now. But now it's like yeah. we have this and we have a return to form. And exactly. And I'm not really upset. It's it, I, view no, it in the, yeah. I view it in the context of – I like to try to view it in the context of the time. So, like, no, I understand. It, yeah. at the time coming out directly after a very long and acclaimed run – they went a very different direction. That's always going to be controversial, whether it's good or not, you know? Um, so, but, hey, I'll tell you what, yeah. though. Um, I, I would prefer something like this than, like, what happened with Green Lantern after John's left. And there was, like, three years of just, like, trying to do the same thing that John's was doing and just yeah. kind of not succeeding. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, there are a lot less um, – they're a lot more risk-averse these days. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. they'll – yeah, they'll – they'll, like, shit – Jeff Johns is gone. Let's just try to churn out Jeff Johns style Green Lantern. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's all about like you know keeping it the same for like the movies or whatever, right? Yeah. 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 Multimedia. Exactly. Do we want to move on to number two? Yeah, number two. Go ahead. Okay. So first page, we kind of get a few news clippings. First, uh, um, Phantom Girl and Ultra Boy were going to get married. Yes. And yeah, I mean that's basically the whole. Can thing I ask thing. who's on the cover? Who's who's the who are the two? That's Ultra Boy and the villain. Right. Who is the villain? I don't know his name. Okay. All right. No. No worries. Yeah, he's a robot. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So um. Yeah. So the, the Daily that. Planet. I do like the Daily Planet still around in the in the thirtieth huh. century. Well, that's kind of funny actually because something that we're about to get into in a couple issues. Mm. Um. So we might as well like save the discussion on it, but. Mm that Superman is being written. He'd already been written out of the Legion, Mm. but now they're saying, hey, you can't talk about Superman. Mm. You can't talk about Supergirl. And before long, you can't mention the Daily Planet. Oh, Jesus. Thanks, John Byrne. Yeah? Yeah. Because of the the John Byrne reboot? Is that what it is? He's moved on. Mm. I would blame more Archie Goodwin, maybe. Really? Wow, and you never hear anyone talk badly about Archie Goodwin ever. He's, He's loved. I am getting the name right, right? He was the Superman editor. I don't know if he was. I think Superman so. Editor. I think so. Um, yeah, okay. But I'm just saying Archie Goodwin in general, just everyone in comics always has a good word for Archie Goodwin, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of interesting because in this run, a lot of it is response from, uh, uh, I guess I should say it's a response to the Superman editorial uh, right, making okay. demands. Oh, that's interesting. And that so, is, I believe, a big part of uh, Giffen had a very tempestuous relationship with DC editorial by this point in his career, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine. he. Um, but yeah, specifically 
those guys. Okay. Um, Tom Beerbaum does a really good blog that he goes through all these issues and he talks about like what was going on, mm. why they made this choice or that choice, editorial issues. Um, so yeah, I have you know read a lot of, or heard a lot about it, but um, yeah, okay. I'm not really certain. I guess exactly what his yeah, relationship. Are you these. sure it wasn't Mike Carlin? It was the Superman. That editor? might have been it. Yeah, I, I think it might have been Mike Carlin who was a Subban editor around that time. Um, That's more who's my, also my apologies to Archie Goodwin. No, no, no well, I mean, Archie, <laughs> look, in, in fairness, uh, both both of them did a lot of fantastic work. Like, uh, But in terms of Legion uh, fans, it sounds like they were getting a lot of pushback from the Superman officers in, at this time. Like, that's on the record, you know? Yep. Uh, Archie Goodwin's uh, most notable last editorial projects were Starman. That was that was one. Oh, of them. right, yeah. He he had a, and DC's um, Batman Long Halloween. Like Archie, pretty much everything Archie Goodman touched was pretty much gold. In, and he's he's loved by so many creators of all different stripes. And he did his he, he did wrote a bit, that Manhunter. Yeah, yeah. He he did a bit of writing, but primarily he was an editor who was just very highly regarded. Um, yeah, and, I know. Uh, James Robinson, I think, says he was pretty crushed when Archie passed. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's not an uncommon. That's not a story in terms of just what I know of different creators. Like they do view him extremely highly with good reason. So, but that's interesting. I, we, I'm glad we got the name right. Mike Carlin um, would have been the right. Would have been the editor at Superman. Yeah. So uh, we start off here and we see Kono, and we find out that she works for Joe. I like this character, by the way, Kono. I thought she was cool. Yeah, she is cool. Yeah. Um, she's uh, from a race called the Sklarians, who generally are seen as like pirates. I like that she had like little freckles because it helped distinguish her at times in the storyline. Yeah, was... she's she's cute. Yeah, she was cute, um, cool. But uh, yeah, she works for Joe Na, Ultra Boy. Yes, he's a kind of a smuggler back on Rimbor. Yes, and he's the um, same she... Ultra Boy who in yeah the same character who in Bendis's one just took over the government. Yeah. It's, right, mm-hmm. yeah. one of my favorite uh, legionaries, actually, Ultra Boy. He's in my top, probably my top five. Yeah, he's up there for me. I don't know top five, but uh, I like that he's got the powers of Superboy, but only one at a time. One at a time. That's what I love. I love it's one at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, so she's um running from the science police around a club, and we get the idea that she's kind of a, a scoundrel. Yes, um, he's a bit of a scam. Like, yeah, like she's disguised herself when they're running through like a strip club by taking off all of her clothes to blend in. <laughs> they mention in this issue. Yes, they do. Um, the science police blast at her, but she's got phasing powers, and they actually the science police actually kill their own person. Right. Yeah. So she gets away in the sewers, and then that's where she gets detected by these two blue guys. Um, one of which is on the cover that you were asking about. Oh. Um. I don't really. I guess it looks like their names Algronsk and Kaston. I do want to point out. I, I like on page six. See, I like some of the the choices here. Like they sort of break down tracking data, downloading, and then they describe her powers, ability to shift mass between herself and other objects, beings. Like I like the how ambitious this is. Like it's like I honestly think comics should do it more now where they're using the information of technology to break down the information in the story. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, uh, yeah, it's cool. Kind of like the Terminator, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And and like, I I think it's well done. Like, frankly, I think it's a good usage of panels. Um, yeah, no, it's, and I like it's these good. guys. Um, they're supposed to be. Do you know the Goofy Gophers? 
No, not at all. Okay, well, there's like a Looney. I think they're Looney Tunes characters and they're gophers, but they're right. always like, "Oh, please, after you." Oh no, I insist. You know, oh, they do that actually kind of vaguely, talk. maybe. Yeah, that rings yeah. a very distant bell. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you'd recognize them if you saw them, but that's what these guys are supposed to be, kind of right. talk like. Right. Okay. <laughs> so the one says, "Like, no, no, mustn't forget. Our program calls for two disposals. Oh yes, that we mustn't forget. This one will lead to the other." But yeah, they're kind of supposed to be like that. those characters. Yeah, okay, cool. Which was interesting. Uh, then we have a Silver Ale ad. Not really important to the story, but I think that's what um, Joe is smuggling, maybe, is just Silver Ale. Yes, right. Prohibition there. And he woke up with this woman, uh, a black woman, who is yes. not Tinya, Phantom Girl. No. So you're kind of wondering what happened to her. Yeah. And we see it's a bit sexy, like she's topless and then she's putting a dress on. Like So we're in the adult era of comics now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I told you. It's grown up. It's grown up. It's not like back in the day where, um, you, you know, but funnily enough, like, you know how they could never have Superman and Lois in the bed? Um, I didn't know that. When, it's so funny, though, because this is like around 1990. When they did Superman and the Elite, um, there was some pushback to have Superman in the bed with Lois talking, because hmm, it was ba- it was based on what's what's so funny about Truth, Justice, the American Way, and I forget mm-hmm. if it was the comic or it was the the movie. I think it was the oh, mo- okay. the movie. They the, there was some idea that having them in bed talking was still you know too much for the kids to handle, and this is like oh, you know, gotcha. I can imagine like, it was the movie because that comic is pretty like yeah. Um, well, it was like early two thousands though, which is hilarious. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So, so things have changed. But change back. But yeah, this book in general, yeah. I think, is kind of more like in their adult. And I like that though. Line. As some, you know me, you know my tastes. I, I, yeah. I like that kind of stuff. You know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, these guys are tracking Ultra Boy, trying to find him, and then we flash to, um, Cthune, which is Night Girl's planet, and we see that she's settled there with Loomis, and he's going to take care of her. Um. Mm. While uh. Cosmic Boy is off fighting. Yeah, okay. Uh, meanwhile, the robots that are after Joe blow up this whole club mm. and try to kill him, but he's got his invulnerability that he can use. I think he says something like, he says, I don't drop it needlessly. Yeah. So we get the idea that he's like always kind of watching out his back now mm. that he's a smuggler. Yeah. I like when he's like just a little taste of flash vision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get a pretty cool fight between him and the robots. You know, he tears one of their heads off, uh, and then the other one's going after Kono, and she phases one of them into the ground. So she's not like Phantom Girl, where she can just phase, but she can actually control the density of other things. Yes. But interesting that she has those powers, and she's with Ultra Boy now that Tenya's uh, gone. Mm. Uh, and then um, they beat the robots, and that's when they're. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, they beat the robots. But then we see Siobhan, who, if you remember from The Curse, was Element Lad's girlfriend. Mm. Is this her? is this on page 20? Uh, page 19. Right, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, it's 20 on my iPad, it. but it's 19 on the thing. Oh, okay. How about, like, on the second row down, six panel, like that picture of her with that tiny little bikini bottom on there? <laughs> yeah, she's getting like in a hot tub or something. <laughs> but yeah, if you remember her, she was Element Lad's girlfriend. Right, yeah. Uh, and now she works for, uh, I think, EarthGov, and she's getting like love letters from Sunboy. Yes. 
who we get the idea is kind of a scumbag. Yeah. But basically, they're also keeping an eye on her because she's like uh, possibly involved with the resistance. Yeah, I like when she's like, "I ought to uh, dream on, buddy. I ought to give him a romp. He could use the lesson." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, um, I like a little. When, I like a little pet, Bufa. Yeah, he's cute. <laughs> he is. <laughs> and he, says, he says, "Blue, blue, dupe." <laughs> Bufa. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, where was this? Where were we? Uh, page twenty. Yeah. Page so 20, we see yeah. Sunboy and uh, Cersei, who's like his lover, mm. um, talking about her. And this, we get see, the this idea is where that I started to get confused. This is where I started to get confused. Notes. Can I just say this is where I started to be getting confused? There was just too many characters, and I wasn't sure who they were. And that's fair. I was really starting. This is where I really started to lose the plot. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, um, yeah. So I can explain yeah. that a little bit. But this girl is um, working for the Dominators in mm. EarthGov with Sunboy, mm. and he has her put on a red wig so that she looks more like. Uh, Schwan. Right. So he's kind of like doing like a sexual fantasy, I think. Oh, I see. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. Okay. I gotcha. Right. So yeah, Sunboy is uh, kind of a creep. Yeah. 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 Okay. And he's normally just egotistical and stuff, isn't he? And yeah, I mean, that's kind of my read on it as him being a creep, but uh, I've had uh, discussions with other like Sunboy fans who don't have the same read as I do on this. Well, some of them's defense is going to be look. He's entitled to sexually role play and stuff. You know, it's not yeah. illegal. Yeah. Like, but it, yeah, I don't know. It's like I guess so. But also, if he's a government stooge, you know, and potentially more than a stooge, you know, if he's complicit. Yeah, yeah and we never really get the idea that he's complicit or really knows what's going on. Right. But okay. Um, yeah, he's also drawn like a creep. Like. Just if you look at page twenty, the look of him there with that stupid haircut, and he just looks like cheesy and just <laughs> creepy, basically. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah. So Ultra Boy, more Ultra Boy. I don't really know what's happening there, but he finds a rock from uh, Cosmic Boy. Yes, yes. He finds a rock, uh, and then the last page. I was so baffled. I actually thought, is this the Joker? Like, I had no idea who this guy was. Um, so all of that is just in his cell. So I see. I thought well, that was inside his head. I don't know head. if it's in his cell at this point, but it's him having a conversation with himself. Oh, who? So who's? Okay, so the blue is him, and the and the white is him. No, the blue is him, and the blue is him. You know how there's different shapes, and then the white would be somebody else. Got you. Okay. Or maybe no wait. I think the blue is the voices in his head, and the uh, white is him. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yeah. And that, that's what I thought. And then it's just, and then he just comes out. But what makes that confusing is before it was apparently supposed to be someone else as well. So. so yeah, that was yellow text for yeah. um, the Dominators. But yeah. I, so I, he I he's insane though. Basically, he's hearing voices and just all over the shop. And then he comes out in that weird kind of frilly outfit, sort of very effeminate with the lipstick. And you're like, okay, this guy's not playing with a full deck, you know? Yeah, yeah. He kind of reminds you of the Dark Knight Returns Joker. I'd I say. actually thought it for a second was the Dark Knight Returns Joker, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, yeah that was, was one of the things that really confused me too, because I wasn't that familiar with Roxas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, oh, I didn't know him. Is he an old Legion villain from way back? 
That's the one I was saying killed um, everyone on Ultra or Element Lad's planet. Right. Back okay. in the Silver Age. Okay. Yeah, and then the newspaper clip here just says how uh, Phantom Girl was killed. Yes. In an accident. Um, so what happened there is you've read a little bit of the L E G I O N series, right? Mm, uh, a tiny bit, yeah. So what they get into is that the time trapper, mm. um, for his machinations that we're going to get into, mm. and also because he was mad at Ultra Boy, swapped Phantom Girl for R J Brand. So R J Brand was a member of the L E G I O N as a Durlin, and they just oh. called him the Durlin. Oh. Really? And Phantom Girl was a member of the Legion. Yeah. And she goes missing and is presumed dead. But really, what happened was he took Phantom Girl and put her in oh. Legion. Oh. And the Durlin was brought to the future in order to oh. form the Legion. Ah, oh, so it was a straight swap. Yeah. And was he writing Legion at the same time as this or before? Uh, I'm not sure which one came first, but he was writing both at the same time. Oh, because I started reading that and quite enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, which is actually why I thought, since you enjoyed that, I thought you might enjoy this more. But this one does have a few more, like, weird continuity things. Yeah, okay. No, I, I, um, yeah, okay. I I didn't read a lot of it, but I I also remember Alan Grant was involved as well. Yeah, they co-wrote. And I'm a big Alan Grant fan in general. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, well, I, that, that, thank you. It's good having you here for these explanations because they do add to the story, and it does help me, you know? Yeah, and they kind of hint at it later, and I'll mention it to you if I notice it when we get there. But, yeah, that was something that um, is kind of important, but not that important yet. But Cool. Anyway. Well, that's, a, that's a You know what? That's a cool idea uh, to if you're writing – one book set in the present and one book set in the future to do a straight swap of the characters is it, from the time trapper too, who who literally plays around with time. Um, yeah, exactly. Cool. And he has a very good reason for grabbing RJ that we'll learn about. Yes. Um, one thing I wanted to mention here in this news clipping is it says that she was the, uh, she was the seventh passing of an active legionnaire and mm. she, they list the ones that have died. So there's lightning lad, and he's since revived. Mm. They mention Triplicate Girl, one of her body died. Mm. Um, she became Joe Damsel after that. Yeah, and then actually her other body was killed by the Time Trapper, so now she's Damn just it. one person. Damn it. Yeah. Pharaoh Lad, Invisible Kid, yep. Chemical King, mm. Magnetic Kid, who's Cosmic Boy's brother, and then also Monel. So a lot of dead Legion. Monel. Yeah, Monel was also killed by the Time Trapper. Fuck. It, what yeah. in Levitz's run? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. oh, right at the end. Man. And then also they mentioned a couple of non uh, members that have resigned from the Legion and then yeah. died are Superboy and yeah, yeah, Karate yeah. Kid. Because they, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. It's Superboy. That's a fucking technicality, but okay, we'll accept. It. <laughs> yeah, okay. which we'll get into that more too in this. Yeah. But anyway, that's yeah, cool. So okay, yeah. wrap on issue two, and I feel like you know cleared a couple things up for you. Yes, no, definitely. Um, and issue three, the, this guy, what was his name, Roxas? I keep getting mm-hmm. confused with the Roxas and the Marvel Corporation. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, he's there, just there. I, I got to be honest, I really hate this character, and I just think he's just shit. Like, but <laughs> he's yeah. one of those goofy Giffen characters that yeah, yeah, actually yeah. has grown on me quite a bit. Yeah, I guess so. He's kind of like a gay version of. Um, 
Rasagul or something, you know, like in terms of, yeah, you know, just his, just his, just his persona. But anyway, um, okay. So you see what he's doing it. there on the cover of number three? Yeah, yeah, he's holding block. Yeah, yeah, that's block's body. Yeah, yeah, that was poor block. Poor block. He block cashed out in a big way. Um, never really liked block until he died, and then I was like, actually, I, don't, I quite like him. You know, like. <laughs> He yeah, he grew same. he grew on me slowly. You know what I mean? Like he's one of those slow yeah. burn characters for me. It was nice having him around because he looked different. At least you know he's yeah, like the thing. Yeah, like um, the thing, but... and he had a very sort of like quite you know no pun intended kind of solid sort of persona. He was just a, he was just a good presence. You know, like he wasn't like someone you'd want to have whole issues centered around. But he was a good team player kind of thing. Old pebblehead. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so. I'll... Uh, if you're ready to dive into this one? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So this first page is showing surveillance of all the different Legionnaires. Yes. It's not that clear. Okay, you did pick up on that. So the first panel is Dream Girl. It's not showing them, but it's showing from the ro- from the perspective of those blue robots that were introduced earlier. I did not pick up on that at all. Okay. okay. Yeah, so that's what this is. It's surveillance of the Legionnaires from those blue robots. First one oh. is Dream Girl. Second one Sunboy. Third Who is the is yellow things? The, the the sort of weird alien things. That's the dominator. That's what oh. is in charge of Earth now. And they're secretly in charge, yeah. Secretly, yeah. And that's the president there, Taylor Wellington, on the on the right. Yeah, because these creatures, yes. Okay, so they're secretly running everything. Yeah, on Earth. Oh, and they're kind of evil, aren't they? Yeah, very. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Because they look evil uh, as fuck. Like they look like yeah. they look like Baraka from Mortal Kombat or something. Like <laughs> also based on the size of that big red disc on their head uh-huh. determines their rank. So uh-huh. it's cool. Uh, one time uh, there was, I think this is in the Legion series. There's one where the disc takes up like the guy's entire like face. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. It's kind of. Um, third one is Element Lad. Third panel. Yeah. Fourth is. Um, and uh, I guess I should say for Element Lad, that's back on his home planet Trom. Yeah, with the crystals. Those, yeah, those crystals represent a dead member oh, of the race. Oh, yeah, okay. I, this is actually yeah, very helpful. Okay, yeah, okay. I see yeah, how this fourth, is more rewarding when you get all these little bits. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It, you know, knowing these things and maybe being a little more familiar really helped me, yeah. uh, at least, you know, listening to the podcast that I did. Yeah. Uh, fourth one there is Monel, and he's on Shankala, which is the like where they bury all the heroes. And is Monel's name Lagand? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Like, I thought it was Monel. <laughs> no, so he was named Monel by Superboy when he came to Earth. Monday it was a Monday yeah, or something, wasn't Monday. it? Monday, Monel. Uh huh. Why wouldn't uh, you just keep that name? Like, that? why wouldn't you just keep Monel's name as Monel? Because like. You know, that's kind of like he's also got the L for Krypton. Krypton you know? um, well, Dave, I'll tell you why. You want to know why? Why? Because of Mike Carlin. <laughs> Mike Carlin, again. It's getting thrown under You're the bus. You're not allowed to call him on L, because that's linked to Superboy. Oh. That's the argument. Yeah. Okay. That's why. All right. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, his name is Lark and just because some idiot called you the wrong name based on the day of the week and the assumed same, you were his the brother. The same idiot who dooms you. you a thousand years in the Phantom Zone <laughs> in a prank, <laughs> gone awry, and then couldn't exactly. get you out as well, despite promising to he couldn't even get you out as adult Superman. 
for a thousand years. Yeah. Even um, though we could yeah. go into the future and meet him, <laughs> yeah. he still couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, what we're seeing there on the Monel one is a little bit of like dialogue, but it's too quiet for you to hear. Mm, yes. So we're getting a tease for the next issue where Monel's not dead. Right. Okay. Uh, the next one is Donstar, uh-huh. and then Polar Boy is in. It looks like he's a convict, reading some mail. How many times, Mister Bowman, have you said to yourself, "Gee, I wish I could let that alarm clock ring in the morning and forget my jury job"? Okay, yeah, okay, I get it. So, is is it from their eyes? It's from the eyes of. I think it's supposed to be the eyes of those blue aliens or those blue. Uh, why robots. would Monel? Why would Monel have one if he's dead? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they just put one there what for surveilling. I don't for know. his that's dead body. I, that might be me misreading it, but that's just my assumption based on the blue text and okay. also the fact that we know that so those are approved. It, it's from the androids because I think this is really cool, and I did pick up on this reading it. The androids aren't, I mean, harmless in this dystopian future. They're basically a spy network that's kind yeah. of like run by the dominators under the guise of a corporation. Am I right? That. Um, I'm not sure if the nominators, but we can get into that later. Okay. But yeah, I think yeah. Essentially, that, that corporation, yeah, that corporation that has the hugging hands, is is kind of malevolent, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah, yeah um, kind of you know, much like today, where we have these devices in our homes that yes. aren't necessarily benevolent. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, and then the next one with the sports team is uh, Starboy. He becomes like uh-huh. a coach later. Right, and then uh, Brainiac Five, and the guy saying, "And are more important things than the health of a solitary child?" Quirrell, uh-huh. um, and they're talking about how Brainiac Five is trying to cure Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl's child who is yes. sick. Yes, and, and, we, and we see that in is, one of the news reports too at the end. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, and then that last one shows Cosmic Boy, but with um, Chameleon Boy. So I'm really not sure if it's supposed to be from their perspective or not. It might be supposed to be from the hero's perspective. Okay. But how are they getting the reports? I don't know. <laughs> it's a good question. Okay. Anyway. but And then we see these weird – I was so confused by this. The, these the, What the fuck is going on with these weird androids that, like, I live to serve my master? I am. So those are the same – androids that were you know we saw earlier was with chameleon boy the ones that are doing the surveillance and that's them like the receivers that are reporting oh. back to mordrew oh right i see okay so that was one of my questions because at times in this it's so confusing like literally mordrew's sitting there and these things are saying stuff that the heroes are saying and i'm like what is going on like they, they yeah, just so that's like why spies. I assume that they were being like picking up on the other end, like the robot yeah. that would happen to be with Brainiac. Well, yeah, that, yeah that's, they are. I just wish that was more explained, like a bit better. Like it really leaves it open to your interpretation, and and I'm sort of like, I was I was so in the deep end with some of this stuff. I was like, what the fuck? But okay, sure. you know, yeah. like all right. it was weird, but yeah, yeah. but interesting, um, interesting, interesting idea, like to have. Like with our iPhones, if we were talking like we're talking now, and meanwhile back at fucking Apple headquarters, like Tim Cook or someone's like sitting there listening to the feed, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm sure he's got more important things to do, but like, you know, it's that kind of idea, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, this is Mordru, who's like a very powerful sorcerer, so not really who you would want um, listening in on but your this stuff. This is more technology than sorcery, isn't it? Uh, with this, I would say so, yeah. But, I mean, he is a sorcerer. Yeah, I know. As he corrected in the Bendis issue, sorcery, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like a, you know, an ageless sorcerer would talk. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's gonna um, banter. But yeah, we see uh, he has a captive there, and the captive is Rond Vidar, who we've talked about a few times as Brainiac 5's friend. He was at the Time Institute, and he's a Green Lantern. Yes, he's the Green so Lantern who died in one of the issues we read, wasn't it? Yep. Mm-hmm. In yeah. uh, Crisis on or Legion of Three Worlds or whatever. And who was the Green Lantern who, when the ring went to him in that issue, who was like... It was Sodom Yacht. Okay, because I'm getting confused with Ragazol. Okay, right. Okay, so... Oh, I can see that. Sodom Yacht. And, okay, he was kind of almost paralysed, wasn't he? Like, with indecision or something. Like, Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and he had actually been kind of a villain who'd reformed or something. I don't know that I'd say he's a villain... An antagonist, an antagonist, though, wasn't he of some sort? Like, uh, not really. I don't oh, think. Okay. But, he, but he was in like the Jeff Johns Green Lantern run. Okay, but but, but my point is though, when when because doesn't this character here get killed in that issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the ring then flies back to the planet where all the rings are, and mm-hmm. and the guy we just mentioned, Sodom Yad or whatever, is like sitting there or something, isn't he? Yeah, and he's just kind of like Mogo's not around. He's not alive anymore to direct the rings. He, that was was his job. But he does then have a hero nature. moment, doesn't he? Huh? Doesn't he have a hero moment then, Sodom Yacht? Yeah, he comes back and fights uh, Superboy Prime again. And he fights he his dad, doesn't he? He had a fight in the Sinestro Corps War with Superboy Prime that people say is like one of the best all-time comic book fights. Oh, cool. And wasn't his dad like evil or something? This guy was. Okay, this guy's dad. Okay, gotcha. I'm getting this confused. Green Lantern. Yeah, this what, green, what's going this green on? Lantern's with... dad is Universo, who we saw in issue one with oh, the monocle. Right. Why is I was so confused? Why has he not got a mouth? Okay. Um. Well, first off, yeah, his dad is Universo, who used to be the Green Lantern of Earth, mm. and was like kicked out of the Green Lantern Corps, and then he secretly became a Green Lantern, which was revealed later. Um, he doesn't have a mouth because of Mordru's magic. So okay, he doesn't have to right. listen to that's the screen. Okay. There's a creature there that's eating him over and over and over and over again. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, so that's just Mordru's magic. That's what I thought, but I was just checking. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. yeah, he doesn't have a mouth because of that. Oh, and I just noticed Mordru actually gets the ring, and he's like... So confident in your power, so certain some little trinket can overcome all, so impatient to conquer the unconquerable, and and he crushes and he just the crushes ring. it. Yeah, yeah. It, that was a cool. And, uh, that was a cool sequence. I like that. Yeah, I mean, it was cool to see something familiar from like you know Green Lantern. And, and is he actually is crushed it properly, like for good, or or not? Yeah, I think so. Oh fuck! So Mordor can just crush a Green Lantern ring. Yeah, I think the energy might come back around from the Green Lantern ring uh, in this series, but I can't super recall. That's interesting. I, uh, that's, a, that's a lot of power to be able to do that to a Green Lantern ring. Yeah, for sure. Mordru is but pretty yeah. powerful. Though. I quite like Mordru as a villain. I think he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's uh, pretty interesting. He was actually redeemed Ugh. before this. Um, the magic had like corrupted him. Yeah, but uh, now he's 
making his way back to being a villain. You know my favourite Mordru story? You, you, this won't surprise you. It's the one where Superboy and the Legion escape to the 50s. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they're hiding out from Mordru. I, I thought that was such a cool story. That was uh, a cool one. That was the first uh, Mordru story. Uh, I thought it was so cool. I, I reckon that would make a really good episode of like a, a you know a Superboy or Legion card, you know um, show or something. Um, yeah, I'd love that. I think it would. You um, could do. You could. You could flesh that story out now to today and make it. But I think it would be cool to make it a Superboy story, and so you set it in the past. It doesn't have to be the fifties. It could be the seventies or whatever. You know what I mean? Like. Um, so yeah, that would be cool if they did like yeah. uh, you know like Stranger Things takes yes. place in the eighties. You do yeah. Superboy from the eighties and he flies to the thirtieth yes. century, but when he returns home, it doesn't look like yes. you know, our. I think that time. would be so cool. I also loved in that story how the, it opened with the cold open where Mortis just kicking their ass. If you remember, yeah, yeah, yeah and he's just, kind of already established as a yeah. He's just villain. like fucking dominating them, and they have they literally flee, which is really uncommon in a lot of, like, mainstream superhero comics that the heroes just have to flee and, you know, um, sort of, re, re, you know, especially back in the back in those days, you know, it's like they were actually beaten and they had to flee and hide out and do all this stuff. I thought it was a really good story. Was that my yeah, man, Kerry I mean, Bates? Or, uh, was that Kerry Bates? It's regarded as one of the better ones, but, I, yeah, I think it was Jim Shooter. Jim Shooter. Good work, Jim Shooter. Mm-hmm. Age 14 or whatever. Yeah, I mean that, that was probably seventeen almost it's by that time. Yeah, he's an old hand by that point. <laughs> <laughs> is that a uh, grizzled yeah. veteran of the industry? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if we go back uh, here to the planet Winneth, yes, uh, we see Garth is in charge of like a large uh, farming plantation. Yeah, this was and cool. and he's the art. He he looks. I don't know if this is on page four. No, this is like on purpose, but he looks really old. He's not in good shape. Uh, right. He's been his body's been riddled with the virus that uh, came from his son, mm-hmm. and his body has kind of withered. But uh, yeah, I think part of it's just a stylistic thing. Yeah, okay. Because his arm or something's bigger. It's it's like it's like swollen or something. And they say in one of the back matters. Yeah, I mean his because uh, he has that fake arm for one thing. I think was an yeah. issue, but also yeah. They also yeah, mention in the back matter that it, it, apparently in on this planet they often walk around like naked. Yeah, so that's what I was going to get into, and it, it's coming up in a couple pages, so we might okay. as well. Oh, we're there. Uh, we're there in the topless. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I was, I, I was mention, though, when I saw this. That's... We see lot. Firstly, we see Saturn Girl worrying about like the. Uh, well, before we get yeah. there, though, mm-hmm. did you know who this guy was that was talking to him? No idea. No. Okay, that's what I was trying to get to make sure you realized is this is Lightning Lord, the villain. Oh, yeah, but he's reformed. And they they say that in the back matter, actually, don't they? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. the lightning kind of drove him crazy. That was all. I just want to make sure you realized that was him. I didn't, but I did read it in the back matter um, about the history because I quite like Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl. And so I read all that their story about how they had the corporation and all that. Yeah. Um, and Lightning Lord was now reformed and, you know, he they'd redeemed him kind of thing and stuff. I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, and Saturn Girl, who really plays a very minor role so far in this story, is just kind mm-hmm. of like um, she's kind of worrying about, like, just the economics of the business and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's her kid there, yeah. uh, one of the kids, they're twins, and then she's pregnant with twins again, Daisy and Dorrit. So she's really kind of like, she's she's like a super mom, really. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. She she's cool. I mean, I like Sadie Girl like a lot, like yeah, really. Me too. Yeah, she's a super mom. And now here. to the scene you wanted to talk about. Well, yeah. Well, only because I I was like, wow. I, I was like, okay, are they topless? And then I'm like, yeah, they are, and they're wearing kind of like thongs, uh, you know. And I was like, okay, wow. I was not expecting this scene, and yeah, I was just like, I guess they're just a lot more free on this planet, like. Which is explained in the back matter, but I had no idea that that was the case with Winneth. Yeah. So this, yeah. this, this, I was like, we have to discuss this panel, but it makes more sense. You're saying they're in like a lesbian relationship, and then it makes. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even say that the lesbian relationship part is important for that yeah. because it doesn't matter. Like later on, on uh, like, anyone can just. There's do it. like a reunion issue where all the Legionnaires get together and all the girls are like topless and. Really. The guys are wearing like thongs, yeah. Including I mean, Sadango? Anything. Including Sadango? Uh, no, she's a bit of a prude. Uh, I know. Well, they, they, they mention that in the back. They right? do mention that in the back. They say even though she wore one of the best bikinis in like Legion history, like she. But uh, I get that's a character. So Dream Girl. Yeah, I think so. Oh, she's yeah. put on some weight though. Okay. Well, how much do you see? How much do you see? Like just is um, it you know, it's kind of like this where maybe some of them are more like yeah. explicit yeah. and yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you, you often say that like no one goes as deep as Legion of Substitute podcasters. I could go pretty deep into this area, <laughs> <laughs> Pan- panel by panel over a nine panel grid. No, in, in essence, though, I thought it was an interesting scene. And can I say uh, another bold choice by the storytellers because I think sure. I think that. Look, one thing I do appreciate in these seven issues, and you are helping a lot with your explanation, but I do appreciate the level of ambition and energy that's in these issues. And this comes from being a writer myself, whose first book is is very packed with like crazy shit and explanation, you know, weird stuff. Like I get it. This book has a lot of energy and ambition in it, and for that alone, you know, it's of interest. And so, yeah, I yeah. mean, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, for sure. It's very Blade Runnery. Right? I'm What's playing, I'm, I'm, you know, something this reminded me of. I'm playing a lot of Cyberpunk at the moment, um, the mm-hmm. game 2077 and Blade Runner. Like, it's certainly going for that kind of Blade Runner feel, a dystopian future, but that's yeah, not post-apocalyptic it's kind of a merger of technology and a lot of different styles like it's a lot of blending of genres um yeah like um they're both kind of like oh we have this nice future and then it kind of went to shit is kind of what it feels like both of those to me yeah and 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 often there's a there's a connection with dystopian futures with a bit of film noir influence as well um you know for sure there's there's definitely a, a a a touch of that and yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting creative it's probably one of my favorite places to create personally myself so it's also why i find this interesting i still think this could have benefited from just some clearer explanation uh sort of would have helped like the explanation you're giving me is helping tons because when i was reading it i was like i am so lost on some of this stuff like you know yeah you know i think an unfortunate this is an unfortunate thing i think but I think our problem partially too is we have too much information, right? So sure. we know what the Legion looks like after this. We know what the Legion looks yes. like before this. Yes. I think it's really something that needs to be handled linearly where you read yeah. 
Adventure Comics 247, and then you go on, and then you can kind of maybe see more uh, what was changed, what is different, um, mm. yeah. to really get the significance. It's hard from our perspective to really see what's different, what's new, what's changing. Sure. We're like the Riddler in Batman Forever who's downloaded all the information to his brain. It's like <laughs> exactly. over, It's all zeros and ones. Yeah. But I like on um, page seven here, we see sort of like the three-breasted stripper um, who's kind of grinding in the club. I didn't notice the third one, but yeah. Yeah, no, I noticed it last night, my friend, because I was I, I was like, okay, I was like, okay, keep giving, really taking it up a notch in these books. <laughs> Don't recall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sham, um, you know well, what I one think. Page. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. Sham, you know what I think about dives like this? Calm yourself, Rock. Let's drink our drinks and try to blend in. I really like the wolf creature. I don't know if he's, you know, the the sort of wolfish creature that, that sort of comes comes along here that taps. So, um, uh, I do want to draw your attention up back one page that there's a Superboy statue there. That's the last we'll probably ever see Superboy uh, in the Legion. Where? Uh, oh yes, just in the yeah. Okay. They brought all the dead statues to uh, Winath on the plantation there for farewell, people to see. Farewell, Superboy. <laughs> Yeah, and then now, yeah, exactly. Uh, I I like the wolf too. They mm. kind of reveal who he is coming up. I don't know if he caught it or not. No, not at all. Okay, well I'll draw your attention to it when we get there. Is but it Timberwolf? I like him too. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I guess that I thought it must, yeah. must have been. Yeah, yeah. He kind of looks like him, but um, yeah. So he works for um, Ultra Boy. He yeah. was changed. There's a big incident that kind of really wrecked the legion called i think black dawn mm. they never really say much specifics about it but we know after that timberwolf was turned into this big cool title uh, furball cool cool title for a disaster event black dawn yeah pretty cool yeah um yeah they're going to go meet um uh, ultra boy mm-hmm. and we see that morju is getting updated on it now this is where i got confused so they're talking and then I see, so what's happening is Mordru's sitting in his throne and the android's repeating what what Cham is saying, perhaps, but we rich Jerlins aren't so easily mugged, you know. And exactly. I was I was so confused by that panel. I was like, what? Like, is Mordru there? I don't quite understand what's happening. But then I was like, I think he's just getting piped the information. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's happening. Okay, that's revealed. what I thought was happening, but I was just not 100% sure that I was right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, so they're reconciling with uh, Joe there. Uh-huh. Uh, the next page is kind of interesting. Uh, the It's the Dominators yes. that are yes. controlling Earth. He says, this uh, agent we have selected, he represents significant risk. He's a dangerous killer. That's why we chose him. But if he proves to be uh, indiscreet and his actions are traced to us. So basically, they deployed um, Roxas to kill Legionnaires. Yes. But it's actually having the opposite of effect. They're concerned that he's going to draw attention to them. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, he's so. crazy, so he's not going to play by the rules. Exactly. Like he's going to. Yeah, it's he's 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 a bit fucking out there, you know. Yeah, exactly. And then we see him with Block. Block looks like he's in some kind of hibernation. I've got a question for you, mm-hmm. and I, and I I just can't wait any longer to ask. Lobo is mentioned at one point. There's Lobo's Lobo's name gets mentioned. Does Lobo turn up in this? He turns up for an arc, yeah. Oh, I don't remember yes. his name coming up in this though. 
Yes, it's mentioned once, and I got so excited and spent the rest of the seven issues hoping Lobo would turn up. Um, You're going to have to point that out It's to me It's literally a one mention. So maybe in the future we might do the Lobo arc at some point. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. All right, no, I just I had to ask that because it, it's like once mentioned and never mentioned again in the seven issues, and I was mm. like, okay. Yeah, I didn't even catch it. You'll have to point I me. figured Keith Giffen, Lobo, is a, at least a creator of Lobo. I don't know if he's a... Yeah. You know, so I figured, you know, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, is it Lobo cool like I like? Is it proper Lobo? Like I like Lobo? Like, you know? I thought he, it was pretty good Lobo, yeah. Right, bring it on, Keith Giffen. Just <laughs> hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> is Lobo in the Legion Legion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty much all through that. Okay, all right. <laughs> you need to read some more of that, huh? Yeah, I sure am. Okay, things things are picking up for Keith Giffen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where he really turned into Lobo, and then he got his own solo stuff kind of spinning out of that. Yeah, I love that stuff. You know I love that stuff. Okay, all right, continue. <laughs> all right. Yeah, no problem. Um, so Roxas is fighting Block. Yes. And then Block kind of gets taken out, and he has like a flash to... Like uh, it's kind of a vision. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. To to yeah, is, it, so is, 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 is it his birth or something or like or or his girlfriend or something? So what this is is this is one of his ancestors called Strata. Uh-huh. Strata was a character in the Legion book. Ah, uh, right. I yeah. see. Okay. So they're That's talking cool. about kind of like how their afterlife works, and I read this um, in the blog from Tom Beerbaum. He stated that his idea was that the female people of his race, I uh-huh. forget what they're called, um, but I won't bother you with that. Sure. Um, what happens when they're ready to die is they go down and they fuse with the core of the planet that they're on. Yes. And then the men, when they die later on, will come down and also fuse with the core of the planet. Which is what And it explodes does. and it will like reseed planets somewhere else and oh. the race will like regrow. Dryad. Oh. They're called Dryad, I think. Okay. So that's so what he did. He went to become one with them because he died. Yeah, he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was well, a, that was a hallucination at least. Good, good scene. Uh, like, um, a good scene and and you know a sad send off. But I guess this crazy fucking like killer, you know, has to take out some legionnaires of importance. So I was I was sad to see him go. I didn't realize I liked him so much until it was a good death scene. You know, I'm glad you liked him because, uh, yeah, he's always been one that I thought was kind of cool. Well, he's grown on me because he's been around, you know, like in some of the stuff we've been reading, and I like him. He's just been a solid guy, you know. Yeah, sad, a nice to see guy. Him, sad to see him go, you know. But I, someone has to die, you know, for it to mm-hmm. mean anything. And it was also exactly. a good. De- it was also a good death scene as well, which is important, you know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was tragic and sad and scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, this 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 the Roxas guy's a nut, basically. Yeah. He's a big threat, um, and he might take out some more legionaries. A bullet through the back uh, of his head might be the answer, though. You know. Yeah, uh, well, that's interesting that you say that. <laughs> um, so we see Siobhan, who's Element Lad's old girlfriend. Yes. She's mourning Block. Yeah. Um, fun fact: she was actually the one that was supposed to die originally, but the inker and co-plotter. Um, Al Gordon uh-huh. talked Keith Given out of it, and so saved her, and Block was killed instead. And on page fourteen, top right hand panel, you see that planet with the hands. That's the corporation 
that's running these androids, so they're getting the oh, tape. Okay. See what I'm saying? So yeah, I guess that probably is EarthGov. Yeah, so they're getting the tape of her reaction. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was tape of Block's death. Oh, I see. see how it's oh, rounded, I, like, yeah, I, I see yeah. what you're saying. Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's just her reacting to that, but she's she's yeah. watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she works for EarthGov, so. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, see. so she's working for them, but she's actually part of the resistance. Yeah, okay, right. But what's interesting is, in order to save this character, he had to come up with something more interesting to do with her, and his solution was, she's a boy. <laughs> so oh. there's a whole storyline later about how she's been a man this whole time and has been taking drugs in order to assume the shape of a woman. So Really? Just Yeah. It was pretty like yeah. crazy issue, and wow. kind of seen as kind of controversial, but also progressive. You sure. know how it kind of walks that yeah, fine yeah, line. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a hot topic, isn't it? You know what I mean, especially now, and particularly interesting back then as well. Like, um, yeah, I mean, this is pretty. It might probably the first trans character in comics, I would say. Wow. Okay, and that's funny that um, was it. Sunboy was like lusting after above all. Yeah, and he seems like the type of guy that wouldn't be into yeah, that, you know. Wouldn't be into sort of like, you know, like kind of gay transsex or anything. Like yeah. But and now we, Element we, Lad on the other hand, when yeah. he finds out to his credit is very much like, Look, I wasn't in love with you because you're a woman, I was just in love with you. Sure. So it was kind of a nice ending. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's a happy ending. <laughs> um, anyway, so moving on. That 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 is a left field fucking move, though. Can I just say, like, yeah. like, yeah. I, and I'm not commenting on it being good or bad. I'm just like, okay, wow, they they really are swinging yeah. for the fences with this title. I've I've noticed. Yeah, I know. There's just some crazy stuff going on. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what happens when you have you know fans. A couple of hardcore fans and Keith giving it the controls. Like, we're gonna go some places. Yeah. We get a maximum uh, warp. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, we get a page with Mordrew, and we find out that, you know, he's rising to power, and he's got Misa, who's White Witch, is like his wife. Like yes. his... Is she aware that, you know, um, like, why is the White Witch married to him? Is she, is she fully well, aware kind of thing of what he is, or is her mind wiped a bit? So she was part of the people that helped redeem him, you know, uh, cleansed him, and then right. uh, he was given power after the the Magic Wars, which is the last Levitz arc. Yes, um, he's been redeemed. They put him in power to kind of help things out, and then it's a they fall in love, I think. But then now she's almost like his captive. Yes, he's yes, regaining his power. Yeah. I do like the lens that this is. Like, I appreciate the lens here is very dark. You know what I mean? Like, so you don't see the falling in love and all that stuff. You just see the result where she's almost like, almost like his captive, and and mm-hmm. you know she becomes the reason that he gets over. You know, sort of overthrown. Um, you know, she's rebelling against him. But but I like the way that it, it's sort of it's a very dark lens that this whole thing is through. Mm-hmm. It's kind of yeah, cool. It's I mean, kind of it's cool. cool. Like it's very anti kind of most legion stuff. You know, it's very sort of I don't know. You don't really get much light in the book until like 3 4 years in. <laughs> and at that <laughs> point the planet explodes. 
Yeah, this it's not the no. It's inter- no, I think it's interesting. It's just an interesting take, I guess. Like, mm-hmm. how, yeah. how did it do? Was it was it well regarded? Because I'd never heard of it. Like, I've never really until this omnibus came out. I, I don't hear it mentioned a lot. Like, how do Legion people think of it? Like, is it well regarded or? I mean, that's kind of what I was saying. Is some people regard it well, really highly, yeah. um, and love it as you know for what it is. Um, sure. Others completely hate it. Um, right, it's just but such a departure. Wise, I think it wasn't ever like a super big success. Right, yeah, it's just such a departure. I think that that mm-hmm. it, it's kind of like if the Beatles did a heavy metal album or something. Like, it's sure. just, but it's, it's also like exciting for that reason. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. It's it's kind of like, oh wow, okay, we're going a very fucking different direction. <laughs> okay, yeah. so um, now I'm understanding more that the weird models with the weird bit on their heads are literally like just. They're literally like bugging the legionnaires. Mm-hmm. Exactly, which is, which is kind of cool. It seems like Mordru and the uh, Earthgov are both kind of taking advantage. Yeah, um, we see Chameleon Boy and Ultra Boy uh, kind of talking about getting back together in, in the pool. Mm-hmm. And who's that? Who's the lady? The big purple bik- bikini. Who's that? She's just, I think, another person that happens a, to be there just a floozy mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they're talking about uh, kono who works for ultra boy and she's kind of training and getting the crap beat out of her by these apparently cool. automated like boxing things i really like her is she is she in anything else or just this she's kind of only in this i think she shows up in the reboot for a little bit she's cool but I, yeah i like her too i, I, I like uh-huh. her i like her i think she's um she's fun, got some sass yeah got a bit of sass at one her. point they say uh that she never let him live down the time that the women's shower ran out of yeah, hot yeah, water. Yeah, I like, yeah, I like that as well. And so she phases in on them, on the <laughs> guy's shower. Hello, boys. <laughs> yeah, um, she's not shy. I like the way that she's got like the blood trickling out of her nose and stuff, and she yeah. doesn't care. She's like, hum-de-dum. <laughs> she's funky. <laughs> you know, she's, she's my um, kind of gal. I like her. She's cool. <laughs> uh, and then back on Winath, we see that Roxas delivered the corpse of Block to... Um, Lightning Lad's doorstep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just uh, very much dominated there, and um, loaded transport for Shang Hala. He deserves yeah, a hero's the... burial. Mm-hmm. Dear exactly. little Graham, I understand your daddy likes to create statues of dead heroes. Well, let's see if you can put this one together and give him a nice surprise. <laughs> Hugs and kisses yeah. your uncle Roxas. It's actually pretty cool. Like. Yeah, I, now that you're explaining it more, it's making more sense. Yeah, yeah I'm glad, man. Yeah. Um, next page, we see that, you know, we've got groups of Legionnaires kind of coming together. Mm. Uh, the Rands people and then Shrinking Violet are together, and the Dominators starting to kind of panic. The um, Dominators look so Then Rock evil. writes a letter home to his wife. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, cool. were you going to say something? I'm just saying the Dominators just look so evil. They're in... Um, some of the Legion stuff I read around DNA's time or Mark Wade's time, I remember the designs. Yeah, I think they're in the Mark Wade stuff. So yeah, I remember. Um, them. Yeah, they actually came around. I think in the Invasion story arc, which oh, was okay. Keith Giffen event. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's an interesting. Uh, um, interesting uh, issue, and the and the back matter has got all that stuff. I read all this, all about yeah. like the business and that she doesn't wear, she doesn't follow the nudity rules, and also that he had the virus and it hurt his arm and his son had it and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, so the virus is actually part of Darkseid's curse. 
Right. So Darkseid turned their son into... They had twins. He took one of the sons, sent him back in time, and turned him into Validus of the Fatal Five. Oh. And then eventually they find him and they turn him back into his regular son. But unfortunately for them, he did have a virus that only hurts uh, people of his parents' races. Um, So that's kind of a continuing thing with the dark side curse. Um, It's interesting that they didn't – it didn't get completely sort of reversed. You know what I mean? Like people still – they say that even though there's a vaccine, it doesn't reverse the the disease in mm-hmm. people, like the, the the effects of the disease, you know? Yeah, uh-huh. that was interesting. It's kind of sad. Um, yeah. And then also, there's also, I, I'm not sure if I even saw this, there's a teaser at the end. What's happening here in this teaser? Because this is what I find confusing. There's all these word balloons of different colours, and I'm just like, who are they, you know? <laughs> yeah, so um, there's three different people here. Mm. And it's the three people that are kind of inhabiting Monel. Mm. So first is Monel. Yes. Second is his descendant. Um, uh, what was his name? Eltro Gand. Okay. There was a story in the action comic stuff. Uh, so that would probably be in your Silver Age Omnibus mm. three. Mm-hmm. There was a story where Monel is thought to have died. Okay. Uh, he Dream Girl has a vision that a Legionnaire is going to die, and they think it's going to be Monel. So his descendant hits Monel on the head and stashes his body mm. to take his place so he could go die in the place of Monel. Oh. But instead of saving Monel, his actions actually cause Monel to die. Oh, dear. So what he does is he gets a machine that will like transfer his life force into Monel's body, resurrecting Monel. Mm. What we find out, though, is what actually happened was that he transferred his consciousness into Monel's body mm. and that's why Monel acted like a dick for a lot of the time that he did. Oh, pff, Jesus. Yeah. Just a nice <laughs> retcon of his dickishness. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's not what they say in the book, but I in uh Tom Beerbomb's thing, uh his mm. blog, he kinda mentions that that was part of their justification of what effect would have had, you know, but really it's just an excuse to do this story. And then the other, the third voice is the time trapper who, when he killed Monel kind of imprinted on him, Mm. uh, to raise him as a soldier. I see. Does this drive Monel a bit crazy? What's that? All all these voices. I mean, there's a whole thing about how he goes into, like, psychotic rages and stuff. And I was like, Jesus. Well, that was back <laughs> whenever... That was the thing with Eltrogan being in charge. The Time Trapper was only in his body from when he was killed. So the Time Trapper hasn't been in his body for, like, ever. Uh, just since he died and was buried, he kind of laid dormant in Monel until he could resurrect him as his like, So they're slave. saying that when this uh, Ultra Grand, or whatever his name was, came back, into, or sorry, came into his body, he was doing the psychotic rages and stuff. Yeah, so there's this whole fan theory. The Monel thing is really similar to how whenever Lightning Lad died, mm. that uh, Prody brought him back, right? Yep. Who could forget? And so there's always a fan theory that rather than Lightning Lad being brought back to life, uh, Prody just got put into Lightning Lad's body. Right. So that's kind of the theory going forward with this five years later stuff is whenever you do that, you're not actually bringing the person back to life. You're moving into their body. Yeah, I get it. Uh, like so going forward, that's kind of how we have to look at it. 
Okay. That was remembering uh, the, the Jeff Johns one. They're like, no Prody to take the hit this time. Yeah, exactly. That was a good line, I thought. You know? Yeah, I like that. And then remember Prody 2 had the real attitude? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm not just going to join up with the Legion of Super Pits anymore. And it's like, okay, Prody, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Prody. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah. Just, just be Issue glad four? you're not dead, Prody, too. Yeah, yeah. You're lucky we didn't, like, you know. <laughs> Who do you think fed you all these years? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if you might have to take the hit again, so just get ready for that. <laughs> Poor right. Brody. Poor Brody. So we're at issue four. Okay, yeah. And uh, this is a big one. Was this one that confused you? I don't even remember. I, I was quite confused by this point. So, yes, take us through the issue. I'll, all right. I'll let you run with this issue. And you can interrupt me when you want to. Yes, yeah. Okay, so Shadow Lad there is talking with Shadow Lass. Uh, Shadow Lass has been kind of in uh, mourning since her husband died, mm-hmm. who's Monel, mm-hmm. and Shadow Lad is named the new champion of Talok, which is their home planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after he says that, we see that Monel shows up at her doorstep. Says, it's me, Shady. I'm really back. Yes. Uh, and I'm not gonna. I'm gonna kind of skip over all these black pages with text, and I'll kind of summarize that in a bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, and then we show up with Brainiac. Uh, so this is the first time we're seeing Brainiac Five, mm-hmm. and Monel and Shadowlass have showed up to kind of like, what the fuck's going on? Have you noticed something? The artwork on a lot of the faces is actually the same. Like the male faces. Like look at Brainiac Five's face. That's so similar to some of the other looks of like Chameleon Boy. It's cool. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, like it's like it's it's like wow, these character models are all sort of. It's almost like it's an old animation style where they're just using the same character mm-hmm. and then they just like color it and stuff. Yeah, I guess with him being so busy, maybe that was kind of a shortcut he took. That's how it was. Because yeah. I would think if we look back at the curse stuff, you know, all the legionnaires kind of looked very distinct. Yeah. Well, I guess he was ones. juggling a lot of plates in the air. Yeah. Um, so this next page after Brainiac 5, it kind of recaps what I was telling you about Eltro Gand. Yes. Um, how he was trying to save Monel, ended up killing him, and then transferred his consciousness into his body. Mm-hmm. And Brainiac 5 also kind of explains this where he's like, he has two sets of thought patterns, mm. and I detect a trace of a third. Mm. So that's kind of like, oh, there's three people inside of his head. Um, and then we see that the Time Trapper is still alive. He was kind of thought dead. Um, but he never actually... really dies, does he? You know. Yeah, exactly. He's always... But there was actually a story where there were five Legionnaires that went out to attack him mm. after he killed Superboy, and they went out specifically with the intentions to kill him. Wow. That's yeah. dark. And that's where mon ended up dying. And So uh, that's in Levitz's role, is body. it? Is that in Levitz's run? Yeah, that's one of my favorite issues. Yeah, we should definitely do that at some point. That sounds fucking wicked. It's pretty cool. Um, Back to Brainiac 5. uh, Time Trapper has, like, pulled Monel's body into wherever he is so that they can, like, fight. Uh, Meanwhile, we see that this blue person is uh, trying to kill Brainiac 5 and Shadowlass. This is one of those robots. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like this fight a lot. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, which one? The blue girl or the time trapper fight? Uh, both. I, I liked the fight that Monel's fighting. Um, yeah. Yeah, a lot. And so, also, yeah, and also, the, expl- the, and also the explanation with the time trapper I thought was really cool. 
Oh, okay, yeah, so you picked up on kind of what he was trying to say with that. Yeah, like, yeah, the whole explanation um, of how he, how he, Mordra was destined to rule over everything. Uh, this cannot be allowed to happen. So he started shaping the world to, to match his and, needs and all that. And that's where he created the pocket universe yeah. where Superboy was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He grabbed RJ Brand and moved him into the uh, future mm. so that he would, you know, fund the Legion. Yeah, all of you puppets so, on my strings. Uh, there was one exception, but he's been punished. Um, the Legion held Mordru in check and defeated many, many others. Um, but I never realized you were also capable of blocking my rise until you beat back the Marty, Mighty Dark Side. Um, blah blah blah. Like, yeah, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was really cool. And then, and then Monel, maybe you did create me in the Legion. Maybe the greatest man I've ever known was your puppet. Does he mean Superboy? Yeah. And maybe my Legion won't have existed without you. But somehow, somewhere, somebody else will take up, rise up, take our places. The only thing that matters now is what won't survive if I let you live. So God help me, it's all I've got to end now. And then he kills him, and then it fades to white, which I thought was. I was like, fuck, okay, like. So we're doing kind of like a reset, which I thought was really interesting in 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 a in a comic book. Like that's what I mean by ambition. Like this is a yeah. very ambitious book. This is the stuff that I really love. I thought um, it was good. Yeah. Basically, yeah. So killing the time trapper wiped out all of his machinations. So after this, all the stories that we read before never happened. Mm. And instead, what's restored is the Mordrew first, where Mordrew was ruling, which we're led to believe is the normal mm. uh, universe, right? Because mm. Time Trapper is the one that changed it to bring about the Legion. Yeah, but there's also a weird one in, where someone else tries to reset it, like a little bit later, but it doesn't seem to take. Um, yeah, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Real quick, though, um, if you don't mind, I wanted to read an excerpt from Tom's blog, Tom yeah, Beerbomb. Go for it. So this is straight from the co-writer. Yep. Uh, let me grab it here. It's coming. It's going. Does he do okay. interviews and stuff? Because at some point, maybe you should reach out and see if you want to get him to be interviewed for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I'd love to. He's actually still in Interlac, which is the newsletter that I contribute to. I thought, or the, I, I thought you would say we're going to have to communicate with him via Interlac. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Um, so, yeah, here's his Legion number four recollections. Uh, he says, this is the issue where things started getting re started really getting interesting in terms of our changing around the Legion timeline and eliminating Superboy from the mythos. Mm. In a nutshell, our editor and the Superman editor had a disagreement, and the result was the Superman editor saying we could no longer use any of the Superman mythos mm. in the Legion. That was to include any Kryptonian references, even Monel's name. Wow. Keith's reaction to this was to suggest we just find an interesting way to take Superboy out of the history. He thought I'd dislike the idea, but my feeling was that I'd rather not corner ourselves so that we could no longer refer to gigantic stretches of the Legion's past. So coming up with a way to change the history is a little bit to change the history a little bit sounded interesting to me. We were in the middle of issue four when all of this came about. As it turned out, the idea that Mary and I came up with to rework Legion history could be put in place in this very issue. Uh -huh. uh, initially, number four was supposed to establish that Monel's body had been taken over by another personality many years ago. There was a story back in the 60s, and he recaps that Eltro Gan thing. Yeah. 
Um, a prominent member of the early Legion fandom, Margie Spears, had theorized in an old Legion Outpost fanzine that these devices didn't actually revive anyone. They just put someone else's life and soul into the body of the recently deceased. Right. So in this issue, we'd find out that Monel wasn't really dead back in that old story. He was very close to dead, but not quite there yet. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so the device projected Eltrogan's being into Monel's body, and Eltro's personality took over. Cool. Though what was left of Monel's surviving personality was kicking around in there too, relatively dormant as Eltro became the dominant personality. Which is why he was like going into rages and stuff, like they mentioned in the back matter. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was going. I was like, wow, fucking um, Monel's like a real loose cannon. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, wow. Um, I'm going to skip over a little bit here for time's sake, but toward the end of Paul Levitt's run on the Legion, they did a big story where some Legionnaires set out to destroy the Time Trapper. Mm. They succeeded, but Mono was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, Keith's idea for the story in number four was that the Trapper had left a seed of himself in Monel, and that seed would allow the Trapper to raise up Monel's body as a new vessel. Mm. Um, it's pretty cool. Uh, I, I like it a lot. I think it's really. I've got to be honest. I, I actually, I really liked this issue. Well, you got to remember, I'm reading it without any real context. You know what I mean? Like, and I was reading it last night. And I was like, this is a strong issue. I, I like the way that Time Trap is talking. It's a very interesting. I, the reset took me. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, you had mentioned there was a reboot or something, and I, I didn't understand what that even meant. Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah, I, I thought you meant more editorial and, like, changed teams or something. Um, oh, no, yeah, no, it's, it's completely rebooted, and then the next issue we get another reboot. Yeah, no, I thought it was really very good. Um, I see some people saying it's their best issue of all time. I'm like, you know, it's definitely a very interesting issue, and I think it's one of the strongest issues out of the seven. Um I also like the following issue a lot. Um, yeah, it's really well done. I, I think it's it's excellent. Like, and I think it's a lot less confusing than some of the other stuff. And um, yeah, I, I think they. I mean, it sounds like it was out of their hands anyway. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it sounds like one of those kind of pissing contests that you know DC gets into at times between all the different officers. You know. And yeah, I'm surprised um, this isn't what confused you though. I thought this was like fucking what? <laughs> no, no, what confused me much more was some of the storytelling choices, like in terms of how uh, the how I was never sure who was talking and the androids weren't explained mm-hmm. and the bugging. And just I, I think their storytelling isn't fantastic in terms of how you tell a story, but this concept wise was pretty simple and I thought it was really cool. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I definitely like this. I think it was very, very strong. I'll say um, on your comment about their storytelling, I, de- I can't disagree, but I also feel like the pieces are there to put together, and that's they what are. I kind of like about it. They, they are. They just they should have just – you know what they should have done? Because you're right, and you explaining it to me helps me a lot, and I like it a lot more. But I just think in terms of I'm, – the word I'm trying to get is clarity. Like their sure. clarity isn't great. And I just think if they could improve their clarity with some in-text explanations, they would help themselves. And guys like me who like this kind of stuff, if it was a bit more clear, would be like, okay, cool, I'm in for the ride, you know? But if yeah, it, that's fair. And yeah, like yeah. I said, I had the same issues, so I, I do yeah. get that point. That, that's my point. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. clarity issue. But this was clear. This I understood this off the page. You know what I mean? I wasn't reading any Wikipedia's. I wasn't doing anything. 
I got this <laughs> off the page and I thought this is well-told storytelling and and I'm going in for the ride and I thought this was very well done. And I have to say an ambitious and hard-to-convey concept to get across, so it really speaks, I think, to how well they handled it. No, definitely, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a highlight in the, in the seven issues for sure and I think leads into a very interesting next issue as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll take us through that. The, yes. It starts with Pharaoh Lad. And also it character. starts with that cool proclamation. So you're like, okay, cool. We're, oh, yeah. It's definitely the the whole style. It, you see that and you're like, okay, there's definitely been a change. Like His Excellency Mordred the Great and the triumph of magic over the demon spawn science. And you're like, okay, so what happened last issue is there's now been a reset and we're kind of in a more magic-y kind of world or something, it seems like. Yeah, and you can also see how it's on like a scroll yes. probably rather than like a tablet, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, so we see Feralad is the main guy we're following here, mm. and this is the version where he never met the Legion, right? Mm -hmm. So he's just got this weird like mask over him, but pretty cool design. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he's meeting up with Misa, who's the White Witch, mm -hmm. and she's having these visions of a previous reality. Mm. Uh, I think she's actually pulling them from Mordru's head. Mm. Um, so this is also, yeah, a White Witch that never knew the Legion. Um, right, but but and, she knows of the Legion through his visions. Yeah, and she has all these prophecies about him, and they don't call him the Legion, they'll call him like the Knights of the Thirty. Yeah. Um, and they don't call the Time Trapper or the Time Trapper, they call him the Puppet Master. Uh, so that yeah. was kind of interesting. No, um, and so Feralad is working with, again, Rond Vidar, who mm -hmm. was the guy that was captured with no mouth, the Green Lantern. Right, yep. And normally he's in charge of like the Time Institute, so it makes sense for him to be involved in this like. And he's time the guy stuff. with the sort of bowl haircut in the kind of green top, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Cool. So, so he's not being is... tortured by Mordru here. What? Well, in the past he was being tortured by Mordru, wasn't he? When he had no mouth. Yeah, but this is a completely different reality, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. But in this okay. reality, he's not being tortured yet. No. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Cool. Um. And so then we see this girl. She's Glorith. Mm -hmm. um, Glorith was killed by the Time Trapper mm. in an adventure comic story. She was like one of his minions. Oh. But here she's alive and well because the Time Trapper was never around yes. to influence her. And so she glommed on to uh, Mordru. Mm. You know, she's just a person that's looking for opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. At least that's how Tom Beerbaum explains it in his mm. uh, letter. Who's but the character, the weird sort of blue with the black head? It's like a lieutenant. That's Mono. Of, and he's like a lieutenant of Mordru, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so he's normally in the Fatal Five, right? Right, okay, cool. Yeah. But yeah, um, so yeah, she's with Mono and uh, she's wearing a little thong there. And also a question, in page six, who is the guy, he's kind of an alien with smoke coming out of his head. I don't know how to describe it. I don't know. Sure. He's like a little underling. He, I almost thought he was a dominator for a second. Yeah, not quite, but yeah, it kind of looks like him. Yeah, okay. Kind of looks like one. Um, okay. So the yeah. the wife, though, is in page seven. She's like, and oh, yes, there's somebody I'd like to put you under surveillance. That's the wife, yeah? Yeah, Glorith. Um, and she gets little gifts from Mordru, and so he kind of taunts with, like, you see that Legion headquarters? You mentioned the, the on um, page seven. Snow globe. Yeah, but, but before that top top row, middle panel, that's quite a tasty shot of when the guy's like, yeah, we, were, we met great resistance, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
cool. Dave likes that. I do like that. Well, I just think it's cool. Like, you know, like, and believe you me, uh, I understand that, like, the artists are kind of paying more attention to the female form here. And I Mm -hmm. do get guys like who are saying, and guys and girls who are saying, like, you know, give us more of the guys. You know, I, 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 I understand that it's a bit one sided here, which is unfortunate. Like, uh, we saw um, Cam and Joe and uh, yeah. some. What were they? Like I, I, I think the whole vibe is a little bit more adult, and I think it's cool because I think, you know, like this is just my interpretation. Shoot me down if I'm wrong, but Legion fans were a big thing in the 70s. You know what I mean? Like, and the 70s yeah. did have that vibe you know, kind of thing. And I think that's kind of carried over a little bit, like a little bit more of an adult feel like that. You you, no, you can't tell me that that fan community with all the cosplay early on, what there wasn't a tinge of sort of like sex to it all. You know, I'm sure there was. Uh, yeah. I know. I heard something about uh really like cosplayer that cosplayed. I think it was Saturn girls bikini. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and like had to ride it like through a subway and all that. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. No, I'm saying like, and I'm just saying that that's all interesting, and I think it's ripe for sort of like exploration of the comics, and I, I I think it's a bit of fun as well. And it's a shame today that they try to whitewash everything. You know what I mean? Like, and you know it's so corporate. Whereas now he, he in these pages, I think it's a little bit more creative. You know? Yeah, I they, think there's a great time risks. for creativity. Yeah, that's that's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, here, if people aren't picking up on the timeline thing, Ron Vidar kind of explains it. He says, one timeline, this mm. is on page eight. Yep. One timeline, history the way we know it, Morju rules Zara. Then a second timeline, mm. history reshaped by the puppet master. Mm. An improbable balance is struck for achieve, achieves total power. Yeah. Something happens, the puppet master and his handiwork are destroyed. Mordru once again reigns supreme. Mm. So his plan is to try to restore this um, puppet master, and he's going to try to take the place of the time trapper through oh. like a ritual. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize he was trying to take the place. It's kind of weird though, because like, uh, am I the only one who thinks this? Monel killed the time trapper, or, or at least destroyed him, because of you know he figured that was the best thing to do. And mm-hmm. in this reality, where Mordru's ruling it they're determined to bring it back to how it was, you know? Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Like, this one looks a little bit worse to me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Time Trapper thing was partially just, like, revenge, you know, he's just pissed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the Mordru um, reality is worse, isn't it? Seems like it, yeah. yeah. I mean, Mordru is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. No, nobody there to keep him in check, no Legion. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Pharaoh Lad's like, are you sure you can do this? I have a family. Mm. Oh, my, hold on. I gotta refresh this. Technical challenges. (laughs) Yeah, technical issues. (laughs) Well, this is where, you know, you need someone like me (laughs) fill in time. We're we're sitting on page, what are we on? Page nine. Um, so the wife is White Witch. Am I right in saying that? No, the oh, huh. the woman, the white witch has like the brown hair oh, there. Right. Um, the wife is Glorith. That's the one that I was saying. She used to be a villain that worked for the Time Trapper and was killed by the Time Trapper. Oh right, but the, but, but the white witch is around. the one who's helping out Pharaoh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's see, like I was confused. getting confused. Okay, right. So she's not the wife. She's just the white witch. Okay. Correct. 
Okay, uh, yeah, so the the wife is surveilling Feralad and Ron Vidar, though. So she knows what they're up to. Um, mm. uh, meanwhile, Mono is catching on to the White Witch and what she's up to. Yes. Um, Ron goes out to do the ritual, but is kind of like captured by the wife, who is Glorith. Yeah, right. Uh, here's where we get information about the swap that the Time Trapper did. Uh, here, uh, this is page 13. The yep. Void, the Eons, back to his youth. Jim World, wicked, villainy, struggle to conquer Amethyst. Yes. Because was a villain in Amethyst. Um, oh, was defeat- he really? Because I know, I know Jim World. Um, the, mm-hmm. yeah, Jim World was, was its own kind of comic for a while in the series. Yeah, seasons, Amethyst of Jim World, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they were connected. So, so he's, he's from got there. stuff there. He started off in the Legion, but he was also there and then in the oh. JSA. Oh. So any, it says he was entombed for centuries, but arose awesome. Powers returned. Mm. Nobody could challenge except the great manipulator, the puppet master. Puppet He's master. the one brought them warped time to thwart me. Yeah. He's the one that brought them mercantile power of the Durlin Knight. That there's the Durlin. That's R.J. Brand mm. and L.E.G.I.O.N. Mm. And then the cursed moment, the critical exchange, and then that's Phantom Girl. Yeah. So in the comic, they literally get swapped out from panel to panel like that. That's cool. Um, so it's a recap of the Legion stuff. Yeah. Wow, that's actually pretty cool. I, I got to be honest, I love that kind of stuff where a creator, you know, like a DC, um, has their own little universe. You know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Similar to when Jeff when Chuck, does that a lot. Jeff Johns did that. Chuck Dixon did, did that a lot when he was doing so many Bat Family titles. He had his own little continuity. Mm-hmm. Um, little bat universe inside the big universe. I think it's cool. But this yeah. is particularly cool. Like, um, It actually makes me want to read a bit more. I'm like, okay, that's actually a neat idea. Oh, yeah, yeah and I mean, it's such an important exchange in this book. That, so who is it? Phantom Girl goes into the L-E-G-I-O-N. Mm-hmm. And like correct, issue eight. Phantom Girl is the one who can... She's kind of got like Shadow Cat's powers, yeah? Yeah, and she was getting married to ultra boy ultra boy okay right and so i gotcha okay cool okay and so they're talking about how that exchange happened and in order for um things to be restored mm. whoever takes the place of the time trapper needs to do that same exchange oh um, so they become the time trapper that's the goal yeah oh okay um, here we get a page on page 15. I just want to draw attention to it because I think it's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Mono has this machine where he can <laughs> dip people into this acid. Poor old Prudence. <laughs> yeah, it, it burns them away and it collects all their memories. I thought yeah. that was cool. I like that. Like she, her name is Prudence. Very popular on Exodus Street, implying she's kind of like a whore. And, yeah, then, yeah. and then they just dip her into the thing. And he's like, quite a pleasant sensation, I'm told you can stand the sight of your own body dissolving away. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I like I like that concept as a device. And who is that talk? Oh, that's just an underling talking to yeah. um, the, the guy from the Fatal Five. Mono. From, mm-hmm. Mono. Okay, cool. Yeah, Mono's kind of cool because he's just kind of like the 2IC, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I like him. Uh, he – wait, what did you say? He's like the what? Like the 2IC, the second in command, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's cool. Um also, he's cool because he like blew up his own planet with his <laughs> fatal touch. Oh, well. well that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Glorith is explaining to Rond how you're not strong enough to do this and I should do it instead. As we've established, she's kind of opportunistic, so she's 
eagle, eager to reclaim this power. So she wants uh, to become like Time Trapper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, oh. How does she even know about it? Like, I don't know. She was surveilling them earlier. Oh, so she's down with the plan. Uh, For her own reasons, yeah. Yes, for her own nefarious reasons. Okay. So, um, Feralad is kind of more worried about his own family, but then he kind of catches wind that they're going to go after the White yeah, Witch. Fucking man up, so Feralad, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's a bit more at stake than your own fucking family, you know? I mean, he already sacrificed himself for everyone to defeat the Sun Eater and the and, regular company. And, and as I just read, his clone also did. <laughs> for, his brother, yeah. yeah. No, but like in the in the Kerry Bates issue, where he's cloned and he comes back oh, right, and right, sacrifices. Yeah, yeah. And, and Superboy's like, well, at least we know that he'll sacrifice himself again if he has to. It's like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about that one. That's great. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> like, so we see uh, Glorith is out here. She's doing the ritual that's going to take the place of the Time Trapper. Wow. And we kind of find out that this process is just agony. He says she thinks that having the power is going to make her you know make the process easier but it won't it's going to be like agony like she's going to feel her life draining away and she's not even going to know it's working but then but at the end we see her? that it's rebooted again I'm... and she's taking the place of the time trapper got a question page 19 okay yeah. Glorith is out there sort of uh she takes off the fur coat she's got like a little blade okay <laughs> And who's saying, no, Glorith, I can't let anyone else take this on. The cost is just too great. Like, I don't... You see that? I don't see that. That's at the top of page 19. Is that Vidar talking to Glorith? And she's like, listen to me, Vidar, you've got no choice. You need to create another dark force. So that's yeah. her talking to him, yeah? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I see. Right, okay. So she... I, I, I was confused as, like, who that was, who was talking to her, but... It's him trying to talk her out of it, and she's like, no matter what it costs, no matter what it costs. Okay, very well, Glorith. The spell is brutal, primitive, but there's no other way. Uh, okay. Uh-huh. And then it flashes to him. I almost feel sorry for her. Um, okay. All right. I see. So, I see. I thought that was the White Witch. I was confused, but that's Yeah, no, she's Glorith. the one that's being saved by Feralad. Okay. White witches. Mm-hmm. I see. And th- okay, then explain because this is what I got so confused by. So, okay, the the transfer happens. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to consult with you. Oh yeah, I'd like to consult with your wife on the Lobo problem. That that there's the that was the mention of Lobo. Oh yeah. So this that's the panel from Legion. Right. Where right. he's taken out. So that's. Not referring to anything that's going to come in this book. So it's that, just referring to the exact moment that uh, swap took place. So in Legion, I assume that panel's there as well. Yeah, I see. And then, and then it swaps, and um, I see. And Phantom Girl just appears there as well. Is that right? Correct. Yep. And mm-hmm. then Mordro wakes up, and he's like, "No, no." Then it fades to white. Now here's my question. I, I got I understood I understood all that. Maybe some of the nuances I thought it was White Witch, not I didn't realise it was just the wife. But okay, it's the wife who does who takes a hit for the team, really. Um Well, I mean kind of in the sense that she dies in that timeline, but she goes on to become a major villain yeah, going forward. Yes. Yeah. But but what I'm saying, she she takes the place of the whatever his name was, the mm-hmm. whatever his fucking name was, the Greenland. Time trap. Yeah. No Oh Ron Winner. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of him. But it fades to white, but then next issue, I was like, 
is it any different? I, I was struggling to understand if it was different. So you'll see some differences right away that you might not have noticed, uh-huh. but I can tell you about those as we go through. But I, I noticed in the back matter of the next issue, they do mention that, that Mordrew got a lot more strategic and seemed to have lost his power. Uh, yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, which I assume refers to this incident. You know? No, I don't think so. Oh, really? It's referring oh. back to the Magic Wars where he oh. was, he's not quite up to power from regaining his power there, I believe. Oh. Um, what I was going to say was that what happened after after issue four is, uh-huh. you know, we rebooted to the Mordruverse, but now that Glorith took the place of the Time Trapper, yes. she has restored the universe, so it's nearly identical to where we left off. Right. I, I can. The major difference, which we don't get into too much just yet mm. in our selection is what I mean, is that Superboy no longer existed and Monel, now called Valor, oh. took his place in the history. I see. Um, so there was never a Superboy, there was never a Supergirl involved with the Legion. Oh, and they even changed Monel's name to Valor because Mike mm-hmm. Carlin didn't I I see. Well, you know yep. what? Like these things like I've got to be honest, these things happen in a shared universe with different officers, you know? And it's just a weirdly territorial, though. At the it same time, is like, odd. I don't yes. know. Yes, no, it was no. a weird time for DC. But what I'm saying, what, things post crisis. Yes, the point I'm trying to make, though, is I think honestly that Keith Giffen and these two fan writers made the best of it. Really, uh, you know? we should also credit Al Gordon, who also co-plotted. I don't know if he yeah. co-plotted that specific issue, but yeah, all involved. I think made the best of a bad situation. Basically, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I. I freaking love what they did i think it was really creative and just yeah it is kind of brilliant it is know? like honestly like they you know at a certain point they're not the ones with the power they've got to put a title out on mm-hmm. the stands and if if the fucking superman office is saying you can't do it and that's ticked off by you know you, you're an editor saying yeah we can't we've lost this battle you know um okay yeah. you've got to still got to get a book out there and it's still got to make some sort of sense and you've got to you know and you've got a month to do it, right? That's yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. They're, they're sort of doing stuff that I would, frankly, have done. You know, like yeah. this is the kind of um, directions my mind would have gone into if I was if I was faced with those challenges. You know. Yeah, I saw something interesting that Tom said on his blog was Tom King. This uh, no, no, Tom Beerbaum. <laughs> Tom King's like um, everyone's got PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> Tom says that it's interesting that the Leg- that Legion fans didn't really take to this to the point where it's like they would rather have rather than have a retcon where the stories that they loved happened but happened just a smidge differently mm. they would rather just have the team rebooted cuz that's ultimately what happened was kind of what he said yeah that's a shame because yeah. to me uh, dealing with DC if you retcon it slightly now you can retcon it again slightly back later you know yeah like None of these retcons are for fucking ever. You know, like there's yeah. always the power power dynamics always change in companies and and what's not popular at the Superman office now could be popular in ten years' time. It's it's mm-hmm. a shame that they I guess the other flip side though is you know what probably didn't help them? The tone of this book is so different than probably what yeah. a lot of Legion fans. That's fair. 
So mm-hmm. that also probably hurt them as well. Like, it wasn't just... Oh, look, I agree. You know how much I love Superboy and crypto and all that. You know what I mean? I love them being part of the Legion, but if it's kind of like they had to make the change, but also they were doing it in a title that was very sort of counter-programming, so maybe that was mm-hmm. also part of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, there's something I was going to say back to something you had said, but now I... Uh, it's, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough for us in 2020 when we've had so many reboots and so many crises that we kind of it. None of it matters now. Other they they try to tell you everything matters, but it honestly feels like nothing matters. Um, yeah, and so we're sort of like we'll pick and choose what we like now. We're I, I'll like you know I'm I, I I'm not married to whatever the fuck DC are doing with Batman or Superman because I'm like. I know it's just one run that they're backing now, and in in, in two years' time well, they'll back something else. You know, that's exactly why I don't get why people cry about certain things, like um, you know, mm. not liking a certain run with a character that's like super fucking popular that's never gonna be not having their own book. Yeah, because it's like I'm not gonna read every fucking Batman story, like no. Kevin Smith's Batman, where he f- pisses his pants. Fuck him. Yeah. Um, I'm just like fuck that, you know. I'm just like fuck. Well, that. Well, it's like you know? that story yeah. happened and nobody liked it, so it's not continuity. Like it's yeah. If you like the story, it's part of your continuity. That's all that like really matters. Totally agree. That's what's called headcanon. Um, yeah. Like when I That's like, I like Batman. Of what comics should be to me. I like Batman. I like Superman, but it doesn't mean that I download every single fucking incident into my brain and then have to come up with one reaction to you know eighty years of stories. You know, I guess some people do though. Some, some do, yeah, they do. But I'd like, uh, you know, what really? I mean, it's it's different. I'm looking on my shelf now. I'm looking at Preacher, six volumes, yeah, of Preacher, and mm-hmm. it's like it's got a definitive beginning, a definitive end, and it, that's one story. And so you look at it as one piece, Superman. Legion, Batman, they've, Spider-Man, they've been through so many hands since Inception, you know? And Yeah, or it's like, you know, maybe don't cry about, um, you know, a period that you're not happy yeah, with or something. I just, you know? Yeah, agreed. I mean, like, I'm happy to do a review of it and, and I'll give my take, but at the end of my take, I'm going to move on, you know? Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, look, and, yeah, and I'll I be mean, honest. I appreciate this more now with your explanations, and I'm kind of more like, oh, my interest is perked up, you know? Yeah, and I think it would probably these get. I like. I I'm giving you a little head start by going through this, and then I think if you were to read more, like it would be enough for you to kind of start piecing things together. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. uh, and some of the stuff right, I did piece together. Some of the stuff I did get, it's not, you know, like, it's not like... It's no, not like yeah, you picked up on the stuff that I was like, wow, that was the stuff that really blew yeah. my mind. Yeah, no, so, okay, so we're moving to issue six, which has got a cool fucking cover. Um, yeah, with all the legionnaires on Mordru's fingers. That's actually pretty cool, I think. Like, it is. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Is, is Giffen um, doing I should these mention, covers? Are these Giffen covers? Yeah, Keith Giffen covers, uh-huh. Mm. Oh, yeah, I should mention, I just got my page uh, from Keith Giffen mm. of OMAC, which I'm very happy about because Keith that Giffen's cool. one of my favorite artists. Yeah, yeah. How much did that cost? I, to me, I think I got a really good price on it. It was just yeah. 150 Nice. 150 US, lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. good. You, you said that to me. It almost looked like something out of Judge Dredd. You know? Oh, yeah. He, he After this, he changes up his styles a little bit. Um, mm. like around 2011, mm. and it's more like Jack Kirby, 
but also kind of like you said, you know, like maybe uh, 2000 AD. Yeah, well, that's a cool fucking style. No, I, I, I saw that um, when you said that to me, that picture, and I was like, well, that's really cool. Like, this, yeah, this original it's... art you're doing is very, you, you're getting very highbrow now. You just, you know. I, I, I'm trying. Uh, yeah, uh, Keith Giffen was definitely somebody on my list. And, and didn't Keith Giffen say that he's not going to sell his art or something? Now, or mm-hmm. didn't Keith Giffen make some comment that he's not selling any more art or something like that? Or? Yeah, so I spoke to his art dealer and he said that he's pulling all of his pages back for his grandkid, which is good, you know, because um, mm. if he stops selling, it, it's going to be worth more, and then the kid can sell it for college or whatever. Yeah, good um, on him. Yeah, good on him. Like, yeah. I, I think that's pretty cool of him. Like, gives his family yeah. something to um, hold on to, kind of thing. You know, like, and yeah, you know, why should why should they be left with nothing? You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I was happy to just track something down, anything down, much less a book from Omac, which or a page from Omac, which I really enjoyed. Tell you something, I would uh, like. Um, it doesn't even need to be art. I'd love a, a big Lobo poster. Like I assume Keith Giffen did some Lobo posters and stuff like that. Like I know some. Yeah, Disney I bet you could find something like that. You know, from the nineties. Yeah, I'm looking at my. You know how I like to think of the murals. Imagine if yeah, Michelle yeah. walks in here and there's just like dread and a fucking massive lobo, and she's like, "Wow!" And I'm like, "Yeah, deal with it. This is this is this is the office now." Just, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, just dread and, and in lobo. The bedroom, kind of, you have like a dream girl. Yeah, above the bed, like look down at me. <laughs> Michelle's like, yeah. "Is this appropriate?" I'm like, "Hey, it's art. I don't know what can I tell you. <laughs> like, it's I make it tiled, like tiled art of, of dream girl." In like her most revealing pose. Hey, maybe Dream Girl when she's on the planet Winneth. I'm like, hey, I'm just following the story. Yeah. I'm just following. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> just following the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't be like the thought police, Michelle. Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like censorship. <laughs> <laughs> so can All I right. just say, um, moving into issue six, he yeah. looks like such a so douchebag, we... some boy. I've got to say, like, get a fucking haircut, some boy. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're you're getting the same take from him that I am, that he's kind of a scumbag, douchebag. Totally. But uh, I, he kind of redeems himself in the end. Oh, finally. Um, you know, but at the very end, I bet. <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> in fact. Um, so, yeah, he's with EarthGov once again, and he's hiring this um, private detective. Mm-hmm. Her name's uh, Rockfish, Celeste Rockfish. Cool name. She's supposed to be a uh, reference to Jim Rockford from the Rockford Files. So you know, I love them. And she even says Rockford, I think, and then someone corrects her. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. So she isn't actually just your ordinary private detective. She's actually uh, the daughter of the wealthiest man in the galaxy other than R.J. Brand. Oh. There's uh, another billionaire called Leland McCauley. He's right. actually the, the one that killed him in the uh, – yeah, Legion he turned up. Earths. He turned up in Legion of Three Earths and was like super bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, this is this is that guy's kid. He's a real dick. But she's changed guy. her name, and <laughs> yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> but yeah, so she's kind of rejected the wealth, and she's trying to make it as a private detective. She's being hired to investigate Roxas, and she's supposed to come to the conclusion that Roxas is doing this on his own. Yes, and she's not supposed to draw the conclusion back to EarthGov, but EarthGov is higher. It's, you know, one of those detective things where it's like, we're going to hire you to do this so yeah. that it takes suspicion away from us. You know, Always I mean? backfires in fiction. Exactly. Always. Especially with a Jim Rockford clone. He's going to get his way to the truth in, <laughs> exactly. in the end. He's going to bumble around a bit, but he'll get there. 
Um, so yeah, there's the dominators, and they're pretty much explaining what I told you, and mm. that's um, that Cersei is the blonde chick with like the shaved head. Yes, she's uh, Sunboy's like close compatriot who has sex with him. Yeah, she has to wear the wig as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in a creepy fucking move. And what's funny is she's normally got like a crew cut. You know? Yeah, like she's got a very <laughs> close haircut. Close haircut, and then like, yeah, she's yeah, but it's like wear the wig again, love. <laughs> 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 hey, well, but when they get started, it starts heating up. He's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. What are we going? Get ahead of yourself there. <laughs> yeah, they have kind of a tragic relationship, which maybe I'll tell you about some other time <laughs> when I'm emotionally ready for it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Let's just say it involves euthanasia. Oh dear, that's yeah. quite quite uh, get a, a fucking dark cut. <laughs> yeah, it gets dark. Well, this book seems this book seems to like revel in like you know some pretty full on like concepts like whatever her name was. She's a man, really. You're like okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, man. It's hardcore. It's yeah, not, not for kids anymore. It really is like Paul Levitz left a title. Keith Giffen's like good. I was just warming up. <laughs> <laughs> crazy bastard I wonder if Paul Levitt's like Reddit issue was like what the fuck <laughs> I don't think he was very happy with what they did yeah well that doesn't surprise me though because like, yeah. he was you know an architect of the classic sort of style and he, he can well, you imagine him... he was in charge at the time right yeah can you imagine him reading like first issue or, or like a really bad he reads the issue where she's like a man and he's like you can just see him, in his, and he, you can see him at his desk, like he's like the CEO, and he's like, "Hmm." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like got this close relationship with Keith Giffen, has to make the difficult film. So Keith, <laughs> Keith is going to be having some payroll troubles. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Keith, you are no longer employed. <laughs> you no longer exist at DC. He's walking around the offices and everyone's like pretending they don't even know who Keith Giffen is anymore. <laughs> yeah, the guy who like worked with him for like five years. Yeah, he's he's like, Keith, we've come to the end of our, our relationship. It's like, but why? And he just, he goes, I reference issue seven. <laughs> this is my um, closing up. Yeah, so the Legionnaires have showed up on Mordru's planet. Um, and they kind of quickly get taken captive. Yeah, if I remember kind right. of hilariously, really. Like <laughs> their, yeah. their their fucking mission just is a total fucking failure. Like so much so that I, I was like, did they even really sort of put up a fight? Like, you know. yeah, well, they have to. You know, in issue seven, we see how they get out of it. But yeah, here, you know, it's not that impressive because they show up and then Mordru does like this spell that makes them relive their. Miseries, where yes. Kono, it shows, is um, has to kill a soldier in order to save her mother from a rape from a Rimborian yes. soldier. Yes. Or a police officer. Chameleon Boy has to relive his fight to the death with his brother back on Durla. Uh-huh. If you remember right, Durla wasn't very civilized. That's right, yeah. I do remember that, yeah. yeah. Um, Ultra Boy crazy. wakes up inside of the space beast that had swallowed him, and in there he sees the corpse <laughs> of Phantom Girl. What page is that? I because I was losing track by this point. Like what page? Is that, that was page nine. Page nine. Let me have a look at that. I've got to see someone waking up in the. All right. I see. I I was losing a bit of track here. I was starting to get really confused. But now that you're explaining it, I I it makes more sense. And where's the corpse? Oh, there she is. Um, yeah. 
Jasper body, Tinya. Oh, good grief. No, no. So is he reliving <laughs> that or is he seeing that for the first time? He's reliving it, but she wasn't actually there, you know. He was just kind of combining all of his oh. traumas together. Oh, all his trauma. All at once. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like uh, the Cosmic Boy one. He wakes up and he's back in that battle that we saw earlier. Yes. Uh, and then he also sees his brother's dead body. Um who was Magnetic Kid in the Legion. Yeah, who was um, evil and that's from what, memory, wasn't he? What? Was it, did Cosmic Boy have an evil brother from memory? No, he's a good brother. Lightning oh. Lad has an evil brother. Oh, okay. Cosmic Boy's brother was in the Academy, and he ended up joining up with the Legion after Cosmic I remember Boy we did that issue. We did an issue as well, I think, with him, where he's like, there's no way I can get in because I've got the same powers or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, so why are you even testing? <laughs> <laughs> what's the so what's the point <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of hobbies or anything you know doesn't have a girlfriend he's got time on his hands he's just got time on his hands to train in, in case his brother one day retires I guess he's <laughs> he's just waiting for that day his brother either dies or retires he can just slip in as an automatic substitute fingers crossed <laughs> but yeah so him seeing his brother there kind of snaps him out of it he's like wait a minute he wasn't here, and yeah. that's where he snaps out and it's like, "Hey, Mordrew, I know what you're up to." Hey, Mordrew, you <laughs> you crazy funster! This is <laughs> what about the pleasure gardens, Palace of Mordrew? I quite like the pleasure gardens. It's been <laughs> yeah, but you would. I could spend a bit of time there, actually. And they're just like, and um, what's happening to this one girl who's like, "I was only five, place of ritual death. I was in a speeder." Uh, I was now only you five. skipped over something here. Oh, is the Timberwolf page where they reveal that that's Timberwolf as furball? What page is that, man? That's page 11. Let me have a look. We don't really see who it is yeah, I didn't, because it's yeah. drawn from their perspective. But we know that there's five people that oh. showed up on the planet and you got five visions. Each Deterioration of Bryn Londo has reached severe... I didn't... Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think my reading was suffering by this point. Hard to believe yeah. that used to be Timberwolf. Okay. Yeah, all right. That That is a good scene. That would have been better, I think, if you'd had... Uh, I don't know, maybe something that made it a bit more visually interesting because I must admit I was getting a bit overloaded by this point. Yeah, I mean, sometimes what they like to do is to leave things a little more vague. Yes, I know. If it's something that's still going to be a secret to the Legionnaires. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they'll expand on it later. Yeah, and and that's that's normal. If you're paying attention, you'll figure it out here. Yes, and I think I was just struggling a bit by this issue. I understand, yeah. Um, I do remember last night when I was reading, I did enjoy the Pleasure Gardens and that chick yeah. there who's in a very revealing. If you look at it, like they've tried to do some artwork, her ass really should be showing more because she's just wearing chains on the back. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was I was drawn to that as I was a reader last night. I was like, okay. I want yeah, to and you even see the White Witch there is wearing like a, almost like a Princess Leia bikini. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Topless. Yeah, um, but yeah, she looks a lot different here than when we saw her in the Levitt's run. Remember how she was white and she had the antenna? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So she's reliving. She's going, Mordred, please, please, just stop it! I beg you. That's her, the White Witch. Mm-hmm. She's seeing all the other people's miseries. I've got to say, the White Witch's hair should be white. You know, to, to so that you know it's the White Witch. Like I didn't even know that was the White Witch. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think she's lost a lot of her magical abilities, and that's why she's turned back into like a normal human. Yeah, but at least give us she's something not white. white. Give us something white so that people know that's that fair. it's the yeah. White Witch. You know, like that's all I'm saying. Give, give something to the reader so they because I had no fucking idea who that was. 
Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like at all, I was like, I, mean, I got the basic concept that she's reliving something ha- that happened to her, but uh, but like, I I didn't know Not that, that happened to her. Oh, that's happened to someone though, you know. She, those other five visions that we saw is what mm. she's seeing. Oh, I see. The misery of the other legionnaires, but yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I see. So yeah. I get you. That's another thing that makes it hard, where you have to know the names, Misa, and all that. Yeah, yeah, and like I get people out there will say, "Look, you're." You know, you're on Legion Outpost, you're a Legionnaire. I'm like, yeah, but like, also, I'm thinking about people who are picking this comic up off the stands, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's where my mind's automatically going, you know? I'm not Dion. Dion's always like, I, you know, I don't know who Spider-Man is because I haven't read all the issues of Spider-Man, so I don't know where this fits in. I'm like, this is more of a deep cut kind of comic, you know? Mm, Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah. No, I don't disagree. Um... Uh, we get back to Roxas. We see he's kind of crazy. He's been trying on coats, and yeah, he's crazy. you know he expects that salesman to say exactly what he wants to hear, or else he kills him. Yeah, he's he's a nutbag basically. Mm-hmm. He's For a sure. flat out nut. I, I don't know if he's the guy I would have picked to wipe out the Legion because he's just too nutty. He's just too much of a psychopath. And you know? he's not normally like that though. He's this is kind of like a Keith Giffen take on him. Extra nutty Keith Giffen mm-hmm. take. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. It's kind of a Kiffin thing. Um, we go to page 14, mm-hmm. and we see the private detective there, and she's hired a escort. Yes. Not that kind of escort. Not that kind of escort. But, yeah. This is Bounty, and something you will be interested to know is that this is Dawnstar. Really? Mm-hmm. So... Which one is that? Like, so which one is Dawn? So the the one with the little thing on the side of her cheek. Yep. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So oh, and she's a tracker, which would make sense. Yep. Mm-hmm. Ah, so, yeah, because this is there. all. So mm-hmm. this is this is the regular Dawn Star after that's been in like all the other previous comics, but it's after she's kind of retired and five years later and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, this is something I'll say with the five years later stuff, is when you're flipping through it and you can't identify these characters, I think it makes it hard to get attached. Totally agree. But now that we're explaining, like, this is Dawnstar, this is White Witch, this is Block, yeah. this is Cosmic Boy. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I know these characters, and yeah, now no, you can identify them. Did she have the facial helps, tattoo? Right? Did she always have the facial tattoo by the end of Levitz's run? No. No, I don't think why so. Why did she, why has she got a facial tattoo? Like... I don't know. I'm not sure. Oh uh, well, I guess I can say a little bit is that she's possessed by uh, oh. some other spirit. Okay. Anyway, so that's Dawnstar. Fair enough. And do, yeah. do they say her name so you know that it's Dawnstar? Um, I don't think they do. It's something that they kind of hint at. Okay. Fair enough. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good news for me because you know I like Dawnstar. Well, that's like me. I read this and I didn't know it was Dawnstar until like years later when I like started to get to the end of the run. Yeah. And by then, you don't really pick up on this character because she doesn't do much. Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, that's Devlin O'Ryan. He'll be in the book going forward. He's a reporter for the Daily Planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just he ends up becoming a legionnaire. Uh, anyway, I really like uh, this character. I thought it was Supergirl, but obviously it's not Supergirl. I'm where are we at? on page 17, Jezebel, the third moon of Tharn. And then there's this character who's a blonde with like a headband and I, and she's clearly got powers and she's a Daxamite. I thought it was Supergirl. And yeah. So this is the excited. character that's taking the place of Supergirl. 
yeah, it's not a very, it's a very obvious substitution too. Can I say exactly? But now that Supergirl and Superboy are out. Yes, this was Supergirl. She was Supergirl. It's a shame they couldn't have Supergirl. Supergirl because Supergirl is such a fucking fringe character in Superman's universe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but she never existed, right? Because of yeah. Crisis, and they never know what to do with Supergirl ever since. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I get it. Well, I kind of dig this because this is their way of almost saying "f you" to Mike Carlin because they're like, "Okay, we can't have Supergirl, so we'll have a Daxamite who wears a headband with blonde hair, who's, who's literally Supergirl." Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, she's a pretty popular character, and I like her. She actually survived. She lasts through the five years later stuff, and then when they reboot, she actually makes it into that continuity as well. Well, I like her. I, I thought she was good. You know, her name's Andromeda. Andromeda. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And okay. you like her song. Well, yeah, but I, I just like the character. I, I like the, the, the artwork of her with the headband and everything. I just I thought, I thought she looked cool. Like, I just I like those kind of characters. Do you notice she just drops the cape? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's cool. That's almost symbolic that's awesome. as well, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Like, that's symbolically them saying she's dropping the guise of Supergirl and she's going to become her own character. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. A little you, bit you should You should write, you know, this stuff. Well, mate, I easily could. I, there's three books out there, <laughs> Legionnaires, if you're interested. Yeah, Demorn, Demorn, Demorn series, Demorn Blade of Exile, Demorn City of Innocence, and the new one, Demorn Soul Fighter, um, available. Go to go to Amazon and support. And uh, there's more to come. Yeah, the Demorn series. Yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, I could easily. Not easily, but I, I. if you said to me, if you handed me the keys and said you've got to go on some random DC hero like you know this kind of stuff I, I could definitely put together a script and stuff like it's 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 kind of in my wheelhouse to be honest yeah, maybe that would be a good episode if you ever felt like it, you just put all together your pitch for the legion mm, yeah legion legion will be i could do one legion wouldn't come as naturally as some of the other stuff i like yeah. like punisher wolverine mm-hmm. and that. but but i could do one but it would take a bit more thought um yeah it would be sure. cool to hear uh if you ever Felt like doing the work for no reward, probably. Uh, I don't really, but to do um, something like that on the signal. <laughs> maybe uh, if people support the Patreon enough, that could be it could be a level they yeah. could get to. You know, I, I don't feel like doing the work for no reward, but definitely I, it's yeah. something I could definitely do. Um, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be no reward. You'd always have it on, you know. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. I know Ray um, on Into the Night has done like a full audio drama. Is a, oh, really? a lot it's more cool. fucking work than I could be bothered doing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but 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 like no credit to him, he really gets into that kind of stuff. Uh, I don't yeah, know how I don't cool. know how Ray has time to raise his family. Like seriously, he's doing like six podcasts, audio dramas. <laughs> I don't know what he says to his wife. I'll be gone for the next three days, and then he just goes to his <laughs> office. <laughs> I'm yeah, out. I'm sure that'll go over well. Yeah, I'm sure it would. I mean, yeah, exactly. Anyway, so we we get, kind of get to the end of this issue, and there's a big reveal. Um. Jan Ara. Now, am I right in saying that's Element Lad? Yeah, so that ship with uh, the reporter, the detective, and Dawnstar end up on Trom. Yes. Which is Element Lad's planet with all the dead people and their crystals. And they're talking about, like, Devlin's talking about they're their, their beautiful, the crystals. Do you realize what each of these is worth? So he's a reporter and he's with the, the um, detective. Yeah. Because he, oh, he, he says, everything will work out fine, Ms. Rockford. That's Rockfish. Yeah. Like, yeah. Great work, Keith. Like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> fucking hell, Keith Gifford. Like, you know, just blundering his way through there. I'm surprised they didn't turn up in, like, the old Pontiac, you know? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought you'd appreciate the Rockford reference. I do, I do, I did appreciate it, and I was, I was, I, even as I was struggling with this book last night, I was like, hmm, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of wrapped that up. So that's another legionnaire we can add to the list. You know, by now we must have what, like twelve? Yeah. And um, and he's protecting his planet, basically, isn't he? And he's saying most of the people who come here come here to scavenge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's protecting the crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we'll head into issue seven. Issue seven. On the front Last cover, one. that is White Witch now, yeah? Who's looking yeah. kind of traumatized. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She's wearing I thought I white. heard that there was maybe supposed to be a word balloon on this cover. Maybe that's a different issue, though. But anyway. You know. I just, I'm not sure what it's supposed to be depicting. What's your view on word balloons on covers? Do you like them? Only if they're used for comedy. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. Uh, Now now that we're no longer in the 70s. Yeah, now that we're no longer in the 70s or 60s. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I liked them on the JLA one when it was like, you know, the famous one where it's like, what are we... What do you make of this or something? Whatever he said. Yeah, he's like, what does he say? It's it's like I've actually it's, I've at? actually got it on here. Oh, on the on the cover of the omnibus, it doesn't have the word balloon, but he does oh, say, okay. "What do you make of this or something like that?" He says something like that, and they and they redo it like you know multiple times. Yeah, Kevin Maguire. Uh, yeah, there's a good one with Batman and the Outsiders with the start of the Justice League, where he's like, "I've had enough of you and your two bit Justice League." <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, Batman, and then at the end of the Outsiders, he also storms off out of them as well. So yeah, uh-huh. it's kind of it's kind of pretty cool. I, I I think they're great covers, but in general, I agree with you. Like when it's done for comedy, I think it can work well. But in terms of, I think back in the sixties and seventies and fifties and stuff, it was it worked better than sort of now. You know. Yeah, now I just like it if like it's a Keith Giffen funny cover. Yeah, I checked out the Justice League. He says, "Want to make something of it." Oh right, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I knew it. Was, I knew it. Was also, I don't know if you listen, but there's a word balloon episode with Kevin Maguire and James Dematius. Uh, I have been listening last to week. it. I've, I've 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 listened to about three quarters of it so far. It's very interesting. It's super great. Love it. Um. Anyway, uh, getting into the issue here, we see this villain that's working for Mordru. He's kind of a dark, mysterious, um, person that uh, Tom refers to as a vampire. Uh, that was yeah. supposed to apparently join the Legion eventually, but we never really get to that. He's the pretty evil. Kind of just goes away. He's pretty evil. He's obsessed with yeah. wanting to drain a Daxamite, isn't he? Yeah, he did say something like that. And this girl here is the girl that you saw in the last issue that was naked, and yeah, she's dead. Yeah. She's dead. Yeah. So he uh, Laurel Gander arrives on the planet, or yeah, Laurel Gander Andromeda. She arrives on the planet. Mm-hmm. Trying to rescue Ron Vidar and um, the White Witch. Yep. And she fights this. Uh, well, I guess they don't really reveal it here, but she's actually got a kid with Ron Vidar. Oh, um, does she really? They're together. Uh huh. But she still has her history with Brainiac Five, like Supergirl used to. Oh, uh, right. Really. Mm-hmm. So she's very literally Supergirl. Oh. Not in name. Wow, so that, yeah, okay, because they flirted a lot on stuff, didn't they? And had a relationship and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's um, good. Yep, so she's fighting the vampire guy. Uh, da, da. And this is why I thought we should do seven, is because it kind of wraps up this whole issue about yes. um, 
shaving round. Where are you on the text pieces that sort of do the heavy lifting in terms of the plot? For this particular issue, you mean? Yes, yes. I actually really like it. Um, Me too. I think they're really well written. Yeah. Totally agree with you. I think it's a really... Often when I'm in a comic and I start reading heavy amounts of text, like literally prose, and I like reading normal books, but I just my eyes glaze over and I can't be bothered half the time. But Yeah, I feel the same way about those text pieces that are like the back manner. Yeah. Yes, but it but in, in this in these issues with how it goes from Cosmic Boy to the other guy he's talking to, um, I assume Mordru. It, I, I think it's actually really well done and it's interesting and, and I think it's really novel that it basically wraps up the plot also. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically they're having a negotiation. This is Cosmic Boy and Mordru. Yeah. And you get to see from Cosmic Boy's uh, almost what would in a comic book normally be in a speech balloon yes. or a thought balloon. But here is, you know, in the text and uh, – you kind of see him being nervous and then Mordru giving away too much information yeah. and Cosmic Boy picking up on it and then Mordru being pissed off at himself. So I, I, I thought it yeah. was really well done, that exchange. Totally agree. Um, Tom mentioned that this is the only real prose text that he ever had to write um, outside of those. Um, well, he did the, a good job. Back matter I think stuff. he did a good yeah, job. I think he did. Um Kind of, there's a lot of this is just the fight with the vampire guy. Yeah, yeah. who's cool, uh, actually. Um, yeah, he's pretty cool. How about the bit where, um, so he's going to fight the Green Lantern, who's got his mouth um, gone again, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Hmm, you're not a Daxonite, you're a vastly inferior substitute, but you will do. Yes, you will do." And then he goes like, "Hell, I will," and he's got a mouth with like claws or like, mm-hmm. um, not claws, um. Like massive teeth. Like, what's going on there? Yeah, that took me a while to really pick up on too. Is that they reveal in the bottom middle panel that that is Chameleon Boy, and that oh uh, right, Laurel Gand has already grabbed Ron Fadar. Right, because he says or she says about super speed, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Just a little exchange. The kind of thing you can do is super speed. And I was like, okay, fucking. Yeah, so you, you, you're referencing the fact that basically Superman can do anything or Supergirl, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. at super speed, like, it's like... Okay. Super ventriloquism. Super, yeah, that was almost like a bit of a nod to, like, these super beings, if they really want to, can always win, you know? <laughs> yeah, one of my favourite Superman powers was when he had the ability to shoot smaller Supermans out of his hands. <laughs> Pretty of classic. Of course he did. Rarely used, except when desperately needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if he did that, like, next month in Superman? Like, yeah, he's just, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I can always do this. I just choose not to most of the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like, to, I like um, to give the villains a bit of a fighting chance. Yeah. <laughs> they could never stop a bunch of miniature versions of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they get the Green Lantern and they get the uh, uh, White Witch. Yes. But Mordru does something where he kind of, like, sets them on a trajectory to, like, run out of gas or something, I think he says. He or, says, like, um, yeah, yeah, there's, I don't quite understand what it, what it, he sort of just, he doesn't really say what he's done, does he? He just alludes to it. Does yeah, I don't quite remember, yeah. I'm looking at it, and he sort of chuckles to himself. Um, stranding them on grunts, days from civilization, even for the Dexamite. 
I do lower myself sometimes. We'll do them good to remember who it is they challenge. Oh, so I guess he does. Yeah, his little yeah. farewell gift. It's he's like to strand them. So yeah. So, and then can you explain? Just you know, we finally hit the end of this at the seventh hour of Legion Outpost. <laughs> um, the final page, uh, page. I guess it would be twenty-two. Um, mm-hmm. What's going on there with the ship that that, that diverts? Like what? What? I'm not entirely sure. It's unlike anything, any energy I've ever traced. It's almost what? I don't know. Have you charted its course? You see, once app and finally left Earth. I just was that foreshadowing another story, obviously. Oh, it must. They must be referring to the the ship that. Um, because it says that it headed from Earth and it went to Trom, mm. and then the course varied. So it must have something to do with Dawnstar or those reporters. Oh, uh, okay. And it seems to be heading straight toward Winnerth. Most peculiar. Um, all right. Okay. So, so it's I don't just, know yeah. if it's... It says like it's an energy, but it could just be their ship. It just seems like a weird page to me. I guess it's just revealing that now that they're done, they're headed for Wyneth. Yes. Or maybe it's... Um, Wildfire is like secretly trailing Dawnstar, yeah. and it's very much like foreshadowing while. another uh, story, isn't it? Because they've kind of yeah. wrapped up this story with Mordru, you know, to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Um, yeah, like, and then we, and the last stuff is just basically a whole explanation of the androids, which I think yeah. could have been done a lot earlier. Um, mm-hmm. To because I was so confused by, the, I was like going, "What the fuck is with these guys with?" out proper faces like the thing is too i'm pretty sure they dropped those from the book like before long so i think you're right if they would have moved that up to like page or issue two or three yeah um it would have made more sense and kind of helped you and and me with understanding what exactly was going on with well, those blue guys it didn't help that they were also uh, with Mordru like speaking out aloud like with a bit yeah. of a, a knob thing on their head and i was like i don't quite understand what's going on with these things like Okay, so we've hit the end of the seven. Um, honestly, thank you that very much. It was a lot, Adam, and I know you must be exhausted. <laughs> it was always going to be a lot, though. I think we both knew that this seven issues is always, a, you know, a, a bit of a grind. This was particularly dense. Um, mm-hmm. I got a lot out of it, though, from a, from a second read through with you explaining. Um, mm-hmm. I got a lot out, lot out actually, and, and it makes a lot more sense. Uh, look, yeah, I'm, I figured yeah. if we just did the first five, we could have, but we wouldn't have the full effect of what happened after five. So that's why I said mm. seven. But yes, I'm not going to buy the omnibus, but I am going to keep reading. I think I definitely okay. will. I definitely will check out Legion um, for sure. Um, yeah, they're kind of similar in tone, I think. Which I don't mind. Um, I'm going to give it a seven point five out of ten. Um, okay, it's it's. Uh, I've got a full point raised because of your explanations. It's really helped me. Okay. So I am very appreciative of that, Adam. Thank you. Um, what about you? Like, because I've uh, said a lot. Probably, you know, what's that? I've been. I've said a lot. I, I don't have much more to say in terms of my review. I think I've said everything. You know. Yeah, I understand. Um, for me, um, between a nine and a nine and a half. Honestly, wow. I, just, I really love it. That's big. I mean, um, it's real big. If we're looking at issues one through three and then six and seven, it probably wouldn't be as high. Mm. But I just really love what they did in issue four and five. I think it's really it's brilliant how yeah. they maneuvered that. Yeah. So that's why I rate it so highly. 
No, it's fair enough. And uh, my emotions really changed. At times in this, I, w- I was really disliking it when I was reading mm-hmm. it um, yesterday. I was so confused. But then I sort of picked the pieces up a bit. And, and I'm glad to see that some of the stuff I did pick up, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I was impressed. Yeah, no. I'm hoping that once you get to reading it um, a little bit more, mm. maybe you'll enjoy it more and I'll maybe you'll end up picking up that omnibus. <laughs> yeah, well, right now that's in the maybe file. Um, yeah. you know, and I've done very well with omnibuses recently, so it's not like, you know, um, here's what I'll say is give it, um, you know, if you have time and the inclination, give it through issue 12, mm. issue 12 kind of wraps up the Roxas thing and sets us on a path with what's going on with earth gov. Yeah. Um, okay. No, I can definitely yeah. do that. I mean, I've got all the issues, so it's not, yeah. not a question of having to track stuff down. I've got them all. Um, yeah, no, 7.5, I think is a decent score, you know, for, yeah, for so. a very challenging, uh, read this was particularly ch- like when I finished this I was my brain was so tired and I, and I read Bendis and I was like actually like Bendis f- for once his bullshit style I was like, and then I then I read Carrie Bates and I was like ah oh, this is what I like yeah. <laughs> you know I, I I'm, I'm hoping it sits with you this week and it just kind of gets in your brain and you're just like oh maybe that's a maybe that's a nine but you know we'll see well, we'll see well I mean it could build more more likely than that it's the series itself will build. You know, yeah, because yeah. um, I'm not I'm not going to have to go back and reread them. We've just redone them, so I, I can build from where I've I've gone, and I've got <laughs> some of them on my iPad. Um, just while we were talking, I was looking up um, Keith Gifford and stuff. Have you ever read any of his Ambush Bug? Um, I've read a bit of it. It's a bit wackier. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks um, very he actually wacky. does this really good issue that we should do on the show of uh, this the Legion of Substitute Heroes meet Ambush Bug. Oh, we'll definitely should do that. Yeah. So I think next time. To vary it up, we might, and a shorter read as well, we might do that JLA Legion crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're cool with that. Yeah, sure, certainly. Uh, that's just the two issues, 147, 148, I think. And we might potentially do some Kerry Bates or something as well. I don't know, like maybe continue, you know, do it. Do, if we're just doing two issues, we could probably do three issues of Kerry Bates or something like that, you know? Yeah, uh, if sure. you If you want to, you know, I, I just figure why not. I mean, I'm always down. Yeah, okay. It well, can't we'll, be we'll harder see. to get through than this stuff. I mean, this. Oh, stuff I need my brain a needs a break. Talk. My brain needs a break from this, <laughs> honestly. And I think the next time we come back to this period, we might do the first few issues of Legion or something. You know, that could be cool. Yeah, yeah just to vary it up. Um, but next, yeah, my brain needs a break. I need to get back to some classics. Uh, mm-hmm. People I recognize in costumes I recognize. Um, <laughs> well, it's un- it's not like me because normally dystopian future, I am there. You know, yeah. So yeah. this was uh, this was a this was very interesting. I'm glad we did it, and I am very appreciative of Keith Giffen bringing in the fan writers, and I think that they put out a really hardcore comic, which is cool. You know, it was a challenging hardcore comic, uh, very yeah. brave, very ambitious. Um, you know, so there's there's that to be said for it as well. Look, on that I note, it quite highly. Yeah, I know you love it. I mean, nine point five. That's a huge score, man. Wow, what? <laughs> Fucking hell! Like you obviously love it. Yeah, I didn't realize you, you loved it. You so know, much. if you keep throwing me softballs, I'm going to keep hitting them out of the park. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, do. Um, I wouldn't call this a softball, man. I call this a fucking slider. Like you wouldn't believe, like breaking away from the plate. Like Jesus. <laughs> I just mean if you keep going to the ones that are like you know my highly rated stories, you're just yeah. going to keep getting back nines, nines and halves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, well, look, uh, thank you for listening, Legionnaires. Um, there will be another one shortly. Um, we've got to leave, leave over the Christmas period and holiday period. So Adam and I, I'm sure, will regather. Um, this will be up very shortly. Uh, I do want to mention 
There's the normal signal of doom. And it, please, if you're interested in helping the signal and helping Legion Outpost, patreon.com slash signal of doom. Um, all the funds go towards basically hosting the show and equipment for the show. Um, it is very much appreciated. There's extra content on there. The Cinema of Doom that Dean and I do. Um, lots of stuff. We, we, we do that regularly. Uh, minimum once a month we'll do a Cinema of Doom, usually more. Um, Adam, is there anything you'd like to promote? Anything you know you'd like to say to the listeners before we you know sign off? Um, please check said? out our Facebook page, yeah. Legion Outpost. Uh, we post there a lot. Um, yeah. Also, I posted a link to my art collection if you want to check it out. Um, you can cool. view it if you'd like to. Do you have any Lobo? Uh, no, mm. no, I do not have any Lobo. I did see a Keith Giffen Lobo sketch that I was. Yeah. considering when I was desperate for a Keith Giffen piece, but then I found an OMAC piece. And what was, about Lobo yeah. with the Legion? You know what I mean? Like, there's got to like be... doing a piece of him with the Legionnaires. Or buying the original art of Lobo with the Legion. There you go. Yeah, that stuff's hard to track down, though, I bet. <laughs> sure it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. like, you might have... How about that guy who bought the whole fucking King in Black run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much did he spend? Do you reckon? Like, what, do you I reckon? think I read that he, he spent fifty thousand just on the first issue. Is what really? I I read. Jesus. Uh, yeah, that sounds you know reasonably. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds... You know, when you think about all the splash pages that probably go for like five thousand each or whatever. So he's just hoping that that all really escalates in value. I think he said he's going to put it in a museum. <laughs> I can't think of anything more boring to put in a museum like um, i mean i'd like seeing the artwork but um i was pretty disappointed by absolute carnage in that run so yeah you know it's not the, it's not the so far from what i've read of king in black i'm not like this belongs in a museum <laughs> a, a museum of mediocre marvel events maybe <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway i you mean know, the only marvel event that i really like is uh secret war but yeah. anyway, we don't but have if, to get into that. But if he's, no, I just want to say this. If he spent 50K on the first issue, I mean, he's buying the entire art for all the side issues and everything as well, isn't he? So, Well, I think just the five-issue run. Oh, right. Okay. So he's going to be dropping like roughly like 250K for the whole thing. I reckon. This guy's obviously Unless got I some deep, wrong. He's obviously got some deep pockets, though, if he's making those kind of body blow moves, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Is it Nick Cage, I wonder? <laughs> could be, could be. I saw, you know, I saw a preview for his uh, show, the F word, or you know, it's about curse words. Right. He looks good. He looks a lot better than he has lately. I feel like mm, that's good. Yeah, he's on the comeback trial always. All right. Yeah. On that note, thank you and good night, Legionnaires. Mm-hmm.